A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Yes, Kevin McDonald. Thanks for coming on, big boy. How are you doing? All good, mate. Yeah, all good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How's, that? How's life in the big smoke? Yeah, it's good, man, yeah. It's um, it's different, as you can imagine, from obviously being back up there, but it's, you know, you get on with it at the end of the day. It is what it is, and it's good for, as you can imagine, nightlife and everything else, but um, apart from that, it's busy as anything at times, but it's all good. And they've still got my statue at Brick Lane. I'm not sure about that, to be honest with you. I still get a statue in the police station, that's about it. <laughs> Oi, uh, just the same as your game last night, mate, all right? Just sit on your arse and we'll get a laugh for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've done the same last night as well. <laughs> What's happening, mate? The puppeteer's sitting on the bench. I don't know, man. Football's gone. No, it's, it is what it is, you know what I mean? It's um, You've seen it all before, like, you know, out with the old and in with the new, isn't it? But, like... It is what it is. What it is. Like you just you get on with it. You, you've been in the position yourself. Like you just get on with it, and you you support the team. And when you're ready to play, you go and play. So, um, it's one of them things. Money still goes in the bank in the thirty-first. Me, that's all that matters. Uh, for people that didn't know, um, me and Kev go way back. First time I met him, Celtic boys v Carnoustie at Lockheed Park. Do you remember? We were trying to clear the needles off the pitch and you were sitting on the side eating like crumpets and jam for your free match. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I remember using to play obviously yourselves in, in, in Dundee United, like social club or it was boys club or whatever. And we used to be like going up there shitting ourselves thinking, you know, from Carnoustie and stuff, it's like posh little place. And I go up Dundee, we're shitting ourselves. First five minutes of the game, you're getting volleyed all over the gaff. The parents are like shouting from the side. And we're like, come on, relax a bit here. Come on, just, we're 10 years old here. That was mad. Mate, but you you were huge, man. I remember being like nine and looking at you and thinking, we all thought you were on the roids at nine, man. <laughs> no, I was, I was I was tall from from a young age. Yeah, you're right, man. But um, no, it was, I tell you what, it was more intimidating for us than it was for, for you boys, I'm sure. Yeah, how did you, um, 
I was saying about the size here, right? But you always had a, a touch of an angel, man. How, where did that come, like, being for Carnoustie? Because you go to Carnoustie, mate, nobody plays football. How, how did you get it? Um, I think probably just, you know, similar to most most young kids, you know, like, you, you, you get a ball from your, from your parents, whatever, and you're patting it around the streets and, you know, you're, you're playing with your mates down the park or whatever from a young age. I think it's one of them. It's the same, same as everyone. And, you know, it's... it's um, some people can kick the ball and control the ball and some are absolute garbage. That's why you put them in the goals, isn't it? <laughs> um, but um, no, it's um, just the same as yourselves. Like just, just obviously naturally like all right on the ball and, and luckily enough it's managed to see me kind of through a career because apart from that, physically and that, I'm shambolic. So. And, and you're thick as shit as well. Yeah, I've gone at that. Yeah, another break <laughs> to the toolbox. Okay, who picked up with Dundee was Jerry Callum? Is that what? Is that what? Is that, is that what his name was? Is it Jim Cameron? Was it? You want to see the wee fat guy with the moustache? Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think it, it might have been. It might have been, but there's someone else I can't think who it was. You know that he was like, he was the one like you know when you get picked up from like a little kind of joy, and then you work your way up to Jim Cameron, isn't it? Like, that's how it obviously works. So it wasn't him, but you know, I, I don't know what the boy's name was, but he obviously put me in touch with obviously him, and after that, it was the big man to go from there. Yeah. And uh, Dundee Youth, mate, what a laugh. What some Dundee up at that time was, Scott Robertson, who obviously went on to play for Dundee and Dundee United, his mum used to wear a pair of lottos on the side of the pitch. <laughs> she was basically the assistant manager, and she used to hand out the juice at half-time, didn't she? You know what, it was like, Robbo like, was such a, obviously such a fantastic guy. When we were obviously coming through at Dundee, like, it was top, it was like, he was the biggest professional in the world, and we'd go down to... Um, I don't know what the place was called. Um, where did they used to train again? Was it like, the desk? Was it the disc? The disc was a couple of times. There was like a, it was like a school. It was like, I don't know, some school it was used to train at. And um, we used to go down there. And obviously, as young boys, you set up all, all the gear and stuff like that and the posts and all, whatever else. And we used to say, someone told me about it. He goes, wait till you see Robbo's mum down there. I'm like, what's happening here? Like, go down there and like, you see like a woman like poking through the trees. Like a little sniper in the trees. I think, nah, nah, surely not. She goes, I swear, watches every training session. I was like, what? Um, and it was a great laugh, it was. And Robbo was so embarrassed, he was. Like, you know, he's the nicest guy and he was so embarrassed. But his mum loved it and loved seeing his son playing football. And it was, yeah, it was an experience, man, yeah. Diane, Diane Robbo, what a woman. Uh, what other good characters were there? Bobby Lund was funny, mate, weren't he? Guys like that. It was a good upbringing, wasn't it? I missed, I actually missed out that one. I was just, just, uh, just after that. I think he, he was... More, he was playing the first team like properly and he was like established by then I was just kind of just coming in so I was kind of on the fringes at that point so I didn't really see but he was every time you'd seen him it was one of them we were shy and he was he was chirpy around the place and, and, and he, he had the place you know he had the place on toast to be honest with you um, but yeah no there, there's a few characters that was obviously when, when I was coming through I was with like your Swankies and obviously Scott Robertson and obviously when I got into the team and your Derek Lyles as you mentioned and you know, your Andy McLarens and all sorts. So it was a good, it was a good bunch. It was Lee Wilkes and stuff. It was a good bunch of boys. I talking about being on the fringes. What's happening with that fringe, mate? That needs, that needs a chop. No, if you can see closely, I've probably got about another three haircuts left in there. Brilliant. Kev, you got on the first team at seventeen. So, what did you just go full time at sixteen, and then within a year, flung straight into the first team? I, I actually got I got bombed from Dundee United early doors. They said I was too small after after you saying like I was like I was quite tall. I got bombed from from well, you know one of them usual excuses. I ah, he's too small. Like a simple, it's an easy excuse. 
I was about six foot five when I was about 16. I was like, you're all right. Um, so I was gone. I was like, I was thinking, ah, oh, my career's done here before it's even started. And then luckily enough, I got picked up by Dundee and, um, and, and went in there. And, and to be honest with you, it went quite quick from there. I, I played a few 18s games and established myself. I had a good season with, with the under 18s. And, you know, when the shorter players, the reserves, like, come on up, come join us. For the, we, we need you on the, on the bench. And luckily enough, I managed to come on a couple of games and done well and then just kind of built my way up and, Next minute, I was a few injuries again. First team, or boys, just not not, be, not wanting to play. And, and then next minute, I was playing, made my debut at Breaking Away. And it was like, here we go. Like, it was... Breaking Away? Breaking oh. Away. It was a debut, yeah. I scored on my debut away. And I, I, I remember walking to the change room, I think, to myself. Like, at the time, I was buzzing. When I look back now, I'm thinking, fuck me, man. Why was I buzzing there? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was fantastic. And, and since then, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of took off since then. What, what was the championship like in the days? It was, it was it was good fun. You know what? We had we had a team full of kind of like jokers. When I was on the uh, as a young boy, you're kind of you are automatically shy and and, and well, and I'm not a shy guy, but obviously you need to be. You can't be rocking around coming in giving it the big one. That all senior pros are like throwing boots at your head and stuff like that. Do you know, what I mean? it doesn't work that way. So, um, it was good going in there and experiencing it all. Like people like Der, like Derek Lyle and and uh, how rough how rough is Derek Lyle on a Monday? Yeah. And at the time, at the time it was, I didn't take much notice. And when I think back over years past, and after speaking to him more and speaking to Gav Swanky, I used to remember looking at him on Mondays and Tuesdays and thinking to himself, tell you what, he's had a right go on the drink here. <laughs> but he didn't say anything. You never said anything because you were, because you were a young boy. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so. What about Andy McLaren? Could Andy be up and down? Andy McLaren, from what I remember, was he'd come in like an absolute wrecking ball. He'd peak. He'd peak high and then it'd just go bang, done. Like you could you could speak you could speak you could speak to you half an hour straight on the bounce without you getting a word in. Probably without taking a breath, and then after that you wouldn't speak to him again for an hour and a half. He was like he was one of them. What am I Kevin Kelvin Jack was there as well? He went to the World Cup. How was he? Tell you what, you know what? the best time I ever remember with Kevin Jack was and I remember to this day because I'd never shit myself so much in my life. So I got called to the reserves and, and Big Kelvin was, you know, six foot seven or something like that. An absolute tank he was. And the goalie coach was off. Uh, goalie coach was off. He goes, right, I need, a, I need a player to do half volleys with me. All right. Manager was like, that's right, Kelvin. What, you're, you're warming up Kelvin. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. Like, do you know what I, mean? I, I don't need this in my life here. And he was like, right. So big man came over. You know what I mean? He's, he's saying like, okay, I want you to do this and that, right? I done a half volley. State, first half volley, shank top bins. I was like, oh, no, 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 okay, come on. You, like, done it again, exact same. I couldn't do the technique. I, I froze on the spot. I was, I was trying everything. I had the ball down right in the middle of my foot, everything. You know what I ended up doing? I ended up bouncing it, turning myself side on and doing half volley side foots into him. Took about 10 now and he was like, excuse me, shouted over in front of me, gaffer, gaffer, get this little kid out of here. He's done. Walked over, honestly, I was gone, I was. Wait, Kev, were you playing with the first team and he told you to go on the goal up? No, it was like, it was a 23, he was coming back from injuries. He was injured all the time, the big guy. Right. Um, or 21s at the time. And, and that's what it was. Honestly, I, 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 I forgot how to kick a ball. <laughs> like, gone. Who was that, Alan Kernan? Yeah, Alan Kernan was the manager there, yeah. And he, and, and he was he was harsh, to be honest with you. He, you know what I mean? He was like well, that. Harsh on you as a player, like? Harsh on me as a player, harsh on young boys on the whole. And, and, and just kind of, he was quite harsh, uh, uh, even to senior players. So obviously, when I've been told to go back over, 
he's like he. I remember him shouting to someone. I don't know who it was, another another player or someone, and a, a proper Cockney accent. I can't do a Cockney accent. Again. Get him out of here. Get him. Get him going. Sat on the bench for the whole game. Didn't didn't see a ball once. Didn't get didn't get, didn't get told to warm up. or just sat there. Um, but with with Kernigan, he was he was tough. He was. And I think that was his first job. Maybe I don't know. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but um, he was, you know, what I mean, he was, he was all right. Like, did him and the older boys have a go each other? Not really. There's a couple. I can't think who who it was. I can't remember who it was at the time, to be honest with you. But um, he was, um, he was different, man. And he had a young boy, an older guy, sorry, beside him. I think it was Billy Kirkwood. It was Billy Kirkwood to try and settle him down in that, and and and, he, and even he couldn't settle him down. Do you know what I mean? He was just, he was a bit of a cannon. He was. I think he went to Brentford that Alan Kern, didn't he? I'm sure I've played against one of his team and he was going off, he's not on the side of the pitch, man. But there's probably a high squeaky voice. Right and it goes right through you, do you know what I mean? But I couldn't answer back. I, I, as much as I wanted to, I couldn't say anything back to him. I was at 17, 18, like. See, when you were playing the first team at 17, 18, was, uh, was it easy for you? Personally, I thought I would, I, I, at that time when I built a bit of confidence after, after Kelvin had knocked me down 10 places, I, I picked it up again and it was like. Yeah, like I, after a couple of goals now, you know, you, you do gain a bit of confidence and there's a bit of media hype and that. It, it, it did start to feel obviously easier as time went on. The more I played, the more the more I got into it, I felt more, I felt more comfortable. But um, I, was not, I would never at the time say it was easy. You know, when you're going to places, aired right away and, that, and they're absolutely battering you. I wouldn't say it's easy, you know. Yeah. See, how, how was that when you obviously you're playing with the Dundee's first team and and uh, there's headlines about you? When you're batting Kim Rusty, you're a big star. Like, you said that people used to get you mixed up for Colin Montgomery as well, too, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin Montgomery was a bit quicker than me, to be fair. No, but seeing Dundee that, were you like were going out on a Saturday night? Was everyone buzzing off you? I think like, nah, not, in a way, like there was. You know what it's like. But it was it was a fifty-fifty. They either love you or they hate you. Because the other half are Dundee United fans who are like, oh, like you know, you get the odd guy in the, in, in your fight his nightclub not run what what past you and nudge you it's like come on man I want to play football I'm out here for a drink come on relax would you get that kid huh? yeah sometimes yeah like when I was coming through when I when I got eight when I was about 18 when when I was legally allowed to go out anyway um yeah I used to get that and you get the other other set other set of fans who obviously adored you at the time so it was it was it was a big hit and miss but obviously back home Cronusti is different you know everyone knows you and um, yeah, they, that, I think I'll go back there and have a great time regardless of play football or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, mate, Alex Ray comes in. What's your initial thoughts? Because obviously he was still playing at the time, so did you think the gaffer's going to come and take my position here? Yeah, I, I knew straight away I was done. I was, I was, I was thinking that, okay, but he's a manager at the end of the day, so it's like, okay, I was still young, I, I was ready to accept it. And he came in and he came in and he was at it, he was, you can you know from the way he is, he was, he was at it, he was. Um, so he came in and um, put himself straight in. I think played the reserve game and get fitness up. And, he, and, and to be fair, he was absolutely brilliant. He was. Mate, he's a player, isn't he? He was, he was a player. He was. He had the big Puma Kings on about size three or something. <laughs> I battered us about, and I was like, you know, at that time, I, I never. He was the biggest signing of Dundee while I was there. Apart from like obviously like the, all the Italians and that at first, but he was like the a high profile signing and manager at the time. So when he came in. Um, it was a bit of a wake-up call for everyone because he kind of raised the the standard as such. But as a as a guy to come in, he came in and was quite hard on people and that. And it was it, it's what the club needed at the right time, to be honest with you. Was he hard on you? He was hard on me, yeah, because he 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 could see that I had potential to 
to, to kind of go to go onto another level if I if I wanted to. And he was the same with your 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 robos, your your dickers, swankies a lot. He was the same with all them. Um, but like he he, he helped me to be fair because he was a centre midfielder. He helped me massively. He was obviously known for being a bit of a hard man when he joined in and training with the Smash Boys. Smashing people daily basis. <laughs> and if you if you you know if you were normally people like the managers want you to take take care and train a bit. You know, like nowadays you've got shin pads and training for certain teams and that like. He's he's what he's going hard. Like if you're if you're pulling out a tackle, he's like hammering you. <laughs> so it got it got feisty at times, but like he, he he loved that. He loved the fact that everyone was playing like playing hard for their places, and and, and he brought that kind of mentality to the club. Yeah. So did you and Robo? Did one of you need a suit for Alex Ray to play? We, we in a way we did, yeah. Because at the time, I'm sure we played. I think everyone in the whole of Europe at the time played four four two. I think like there was times Robo would go. go go put out like wide left or wide right because oh, Rob was anything. He got that shift. Like he was just up and down the wing, but he didn't see anything. He was just bombing up and down like mum in the stands watching, like loving life, you know what I mean? It was um, and me and being obviously the manager were in the middle. But there was times we he dropped us and, and put Robbo in and there's a couple of times every now and then he'd, he'd take himself out, but he didn't like taking himself out. He hated that. Wow. Yeah. See when we I played against him in a reserve game but he was shouting at the players to give him the ball the time. Were you basically there just to get the gap of the ball? Pretty much, yeah. Like you know, like he was known for doing the dirty work. Like, and, and he came to us, and he was the, he was the flair player in the end. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We, we were all doing the dirty work for him, but um, no, nah, he was a, he was a character, and uh, it was he, he done well for me. So I can't, you know what I mean? I can't say um, I can't say he was bad or that. So you went, obviously he was playing. He was one of the boys. Like, would he come out with the boys as well, or was it a line drawn under that? Nah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't that guy. Nah, he wasn't. Um, I, I don't ever once once went out with him at all. To be honest with you. Mate, how much does he spit, man? Yeah, and it's like the little tiny little, little spitballs every time as well. It's not like a normal like one one every ten minutes for you, but probably hawk up. It was just like a constant spit. It was. <laughs> he just does it. He does it. It's pure. Uh, <laughs> who was that? Who, who were the top men in the dressing room then, Kev? Would you go and Dundee quite a bit? Was it Fat Sam's at the time? Yeah, it was Fat. Fat was the one at the time. Three floors. It just mayhem. It was. Um, you and Gary Kenneth fighting over birds, it? Fuck me, yeah, the birds would have a field day there. Um, <laughs> uh, um, who was who was there? Well, the Glasgow boys kind of kept themselves through there because you know if you're from Glasgow, why would you come through to Dundee for a night out? So they all they all used to go out over uh, over that side, and then over our side was me and Swanky went out quite a bit. To be fair, Swanky's um, a handsome man, isn't he? Good guy, like he, and he, he loved to drink as well. But Robo, Robo and Dicka, who obviously kind of came through with a hype, they, they didn't really go out much. The other ones were like, remember obviously Deasley and uh, Scott Gates and that. Yeah, really so that, when I came through the young boys, I was kind of with them. So we were like, you know, the little eighteen-year-olds going out, like going down to like little places, fat Sam's, whatever, like that. Just try to like, go out and enjoy ourselves. It was good, man. Right, mate. Then, as you say, loads of attention. Celtic come in for you. Spoken to you before. Didn't the fancy the move? Nah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't really. You know, I'd seen so many people and, and stories of people going going in there and being a number, um, and you know, hearing that they've got. A forty-man squad and so on, and so on, and they've got some. And, and at the time, they had some incredible players, like coming through under 18s coming through under twenty-ones, and obviously established first teamers, and obviously people on the bench. So they had so much like strength and depth throughout the whole club. I was like, I thought to myself, like, do I want to go there? And of course, the first initial shout was, "Yeah, let's go here." You don't want to go down to England. You don't it doesn't cross your mind. But I thought and I had a chat with my agent and my family, and I was like, "Listen, I don't, I don't think I fancy going there at all." And um, 
Well, even when you're a bit the money in that Kev that you could possibly get yeah, like, that was of course that's, let's, let's be honest you know what I mean we've been realistic and everyone thinks automatically like that you're like yeah okay you can triple my wages or whatever it's no problem like fantastic but I, I knew there was a couple of clubs interested down south still that was the thing that kind of was was the swaying point and I thought you want I'm going to give it a blast um, to go there and they kind of said to me I don't really want that Celtic move hold out and you know what he's like he's saying no no I'll go you got to go you got to do this and you got to do that but in the end, we held out in the end. So, why Burnley then? What other English clubs are in? Uh, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't believe it to be fair. You had, you had the choice of Burnley and Everton and I went to Burnley. I don't know how that one works out, to be honest with you. Mate, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah, well, as you said before, I was thick as shit, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, so, why Burnley then? What was it that sold um, out? It was own coil in the end, yeah. Uh, he could, honestly, he was, he was... He could, like... He was the enthusiastic man in the world, didn't he? Was honestly, he, he could he could sell sell music to a death man. It was, it was incredible. It was he was he, he I had a chat with him at a service station, Kinross Services. He brought me a, whatever it was, brought me McDonald's, and I thought, what a guy this guy is. Wait, sorry, sorry. The, the manager brought you a McDonald's. Yeah, he brought us. It was the Burger King. Where where you get these service stations? He was coming in. He's like, oh, come on, in, big man. Like in front of everyone, this woman meant to do this discreet, and he's like, he's like bouncing around. You know, he's he's had his iron bruise for the day. He was he was at it. And then um, me and my agent, my dad went in, and first thing my dad said, I remember my dad said, and he, he said, like, fuck me, he's hyper, isn't he? <laughs> like, and I was just like, kind of, you know, you're kind of nervous about. You instantly, like, relaxed, like, thought oh, this is this guy's brilliant. This guy is. So um, that was that. Had an hour and a half in a, a Perkin and Kinross service stations, and that was that. He sold, he sold a dream to me. Like he was like, yeah, listen, we're we're trying to. We're building a new stadium, we're training a new training ground, this and that. You obviously, money's this and that. And, and in the end, it was like, yeah, let's go for it then. I know your mum was still bathing you up until you were 14, so you know about worried about moving away down south on your own? Yeah, I was. It was shit, was it? That's, that, that was the part of it. When it came to actually moving, I was like, I don't, I'm not sure we can do this, but and I put you know, I put football up, I put like family and friends and that aside for the time and thought, like, this could change your life at the end of the day. Did you drive down on your own yet? Uh, no, I took one of my mates came down on the first uh, first trip, about seven and a half hours ripping down side roads a lot. We got lost about four times. So it was meant to take seven hours, it took about ten hours to get there. Considered us <laughs> turning back to be fair, but um, no, nah, that was he, he came down because it, it would have been it would have been hard going down my own for the first time I moved away. And then you did your medical during the day, mate. Talk us about that that night. The medical was medical went quite. Medical went all right actually. It wasn't it wasn't too bad and stuff. I seen it, seen a couple of players and that, and then. At night, I was like, okay, I signed the contract and that, everything was all done. I was like, buzzing. I was like, so I went into the hotel. Big Sandy Stewart was there. He's like, oh, well, dinner's another new signing. Remco van der Schaaf, big Dutch guy, fantastic guy. Um, both signed at the same time. And I was like, let's go down for dinner, me, me Sandy and Remco. Remco's like... Sandy, sorry, Sandy's assistant manager, isn't he? Sandy's assistant manager, sorry, sorry yeah, Sandy, yeah. Um, assistant manager. So um, he was like, um, let's go down for dinner and stuff. So I was like, right, okay, I'd never met him before in my life. Never met him. I was like, um, all right. So I went downstairs and was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sat there like looking look like pretending to order salads and stuff like that. And he's this big Sandy, proper Scottish guy, Glaswegian guy. He says, big man, can you sell a burger and chips and a beer down here? Got training tomorrow. We don't worry about that. I was like, oh my God, what, what am I getting myself into here? And I, I didn't want to order it. And then Remco says, okay, so Remco, the big foreign boy, ordered a gin and tonic. I was like, what? Like, but no, I'm still 18. I, I understand life a bit more by this point. And I was like, gin and tonic? Sandy's like, we'll take, we'll take two beers. Actually, no, no, give us four beers for me and him. 
I'm I, I'm thinking that nah, because nah, I know by this point what I'm, what I can get myself like on a night out. So I'm thinking, oh shit, I need to be I need to be careful here. Sat there and not just signed for Burnley, good contract, everything. I sat there, burger and chips, pint of beer on the first night with an assistant manager. In the in the end, you know what? We were there for about four hours, got absolutely battered. <laughs> went into training the next day like a bag of shite. First day in training, the boys were like, the boys were looking at me like, no, no, who the fuck's this guy? Like, I, I could, George Borderline, hear them, hear them in my own head thinking, this same to each other, this guy's crap. Like, and I was, I was, I was half steaming. Sandy just walked past me, it was a little wink, he was like, don't worry about it, big man, better days have to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous, isn't it? It was brilliant, that was, man, honestly, brilliant. See, when you first signed there, Kev, when, when Uncoyle spoke to you, did he say that they were looking to get promoted that year? Or what was the aim for that season? No, he, he, he sold us up to a dream in signing, but he said, like, like realistically, you know, we're not, the, we're not a big club in this division. But, but why? Because I, I think it was his, no, it was his, I think he might have been there before for a little bit. I think he went maybe mid-season or something. And he goes, what I've done is I've, in, I've, I've installed like a, a team spirit that you won't get any other clubs in that, which I can imagine, I, I could picture that. Yeah. And then, um, and that's exactly what it was. That, that was what it was. He said, "Listen, we're going to be a mid-table team, but we'll we'll give it a good go. We'll put it, we'll bring in a couple of players, and and that's exactly what we done." What was the what was the fight like to stand next to Brian Easton in the team photo? Fuck <laughs> me! Yeah, I've got a photo of something. Yeah, it's on that wall. massive he was. Must have been about 110 kilograms, six foot five, and I was about. I was about 85 kilograms, like skinny as anything, but I just like, I was so out of place. Like, what was uh, what was Brian Easton like in there? Is he a good lad? Good guy, he was. Yeah, uh, I think he was Danish. He was from Denmark. I think he was. He was he was a nice guy, to be honest. Oh, with Brian Easton for Hamilton. I think Brian Jensen. <laughs> no, Brian Easton. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking. Why are you asking Brian Jensen? Um, oh no 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 no! Easty man, oh, Easty. He's just the Brian Easton story. The Fletch told us that you three got robbed as well, didn't didn't you? Yeah, we got, yeah, well, I don't know why he's tried to turn it. Fletch got robbed. He was the one with the money, not us. Um, <laughs> Eastie, first of all, Fletch got robbed on a night out. On a night, I'm sure he said it when he was on here. At the, I told the story, mate. I told the story. The bank, like, um, yeah, he got robbed, and I've never seen a bigger change of pace from Eastie before in my life to catch the guy. It was fantastic, it was. Um, well, did Eastie get the boy back? Did he go and get Fletch's money back? Yeah, Eastie got the boy back, yeah, yeah. That's what he didn't mention. Yeah, he got he got the he had like a lot. The guy had like a lot of like the satchels that they wear. He must have been in fashion back then. The guy and he seen obviously Fletch at the bank. Like went, I think he banged him and then took the took the money. Just left his bank card, just took the cash and ran down the street. I've just seen Eastie just go, and like I've not, I, I, I trained with Eastie for about four months at this point. I've never seen him get like over a half pace yet. <laughs> he turned it like a young Usain Bolt. And he was down chasing after him, and he managed to, I think he grabbed him, or he tripped him up, that's what it was first, tripped him up, and gave him a little dig he did. So I gave him a little dig, got the, got the thing, I think he took the boy's bag as well, that's what he done, he took the boy's bag as well, and I had a little half bottle of vodka in it. He used to come walking back at the road with a half bottle of vodka. <laughs> yeah, it's what a hero, man. As he taught man, Brian, he started really. Fantastic, like I, when we were there, me, Fletch, Eastie, Alex McDonald, David Edgar, there was a, a good a good group of us, and uh, Eastie, Eastie joined, uh, no, a year after me. So, obviously, I was one of the Scottish ones. And, obviously, uh, Gary Caldwell was first one there. Stevie Caldwell, sorry. And, obviously, Tom, Big Tomo joined and Eastie joined. And I, 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 Eastie was similar ages to me. And we played together with Scotland in the 21s, or under 18s at the time, sorry. And then we, we knew each other from that. And, to be fair, we hit it off straight away. Like, he was, he's similar to me, quite 
laid back, loved loved the, loved the night out, just loved, loved enjoying life. And to be honest with you, straight away, I, I thought, we're looking at each other, I think that this could be a good time here. Yeah, and, really. And it was exactly that. You said about the team spirit and that, everyone that plays with Burnley, mate, and you mentioned them, Stephen Thompson's story, Gay's one. Was, you know what, I, I just always I always go, go back to... Go back to that, that that night in Portugal. To be honest with you, I, I can't get away from it. it. It was one of the best nights I've ever had in my entire career. Like just, it was some it was some of like hangover stuff. Because to be fair, stag, the Burnley was one of the best stag do's I'd ever been on. The whole my whole three years there it was it turned into a stag do. And like Stephen Thompson, like came in, who was such a nice guy. Like I I, I, I still to this day I say to my wife, like I still to this day I don't understand how we could, the flick of the switch and he's gone. He is. Like, there was one other time, obviously, Tomo told that story about being in Portugal, so I'll say a different one. Um, we had a night out. No, it wasn't a night out. No, we had the night out, actually. We were on the way back. David Edgar's house lived in a lovely house on the top of the hill where we're looking like uh, this area. And a big jacuzzi. Uh, a big jacuzzi outside. And Big Tom was there. Like, by this point, Tom was went from Tomo to, like, Tomohawk. He's, he's changed. So, um... We're, we're, a couple of my friends from back Scotland are like they are there when so we had the night out and the boys are like fuck me he's mental isn't he like, like no one to say it loud in case Tom will hear us but yeah so that was that's so we'll go we'll go through we're playing table tennis uh, big Ed's got a table tennis in his house Tom comes through with like, like steak knives right launched them around the room like they're stuck in the roof in that and my boys are like nah what's happening here is this guy right here <laughs> Tom, Tom was like Tom was an absolute cannon by this point I've only been out a couple of times but I'm not seeing this side of Tom so that was that. So we go into the hot tub. We're all in the hot tub. A few of us in the hot tub. And um, we were um, in the hot tub. Mick Tomo comes through. And we're like, Eastie's like, Eastie's got fireworks in his hand or something like that. He's popping fireworks off. Like, I don't know, it was a like, fire starter. Tomo comes through the back with a big toaster, all right? And like, to- he's, he's above the jacuzzi. We're like, it's not that high. We go, you automatically, your heart's in your mouth because I'm thinking, this guy could do this. We're all, we're all like, nah, Tom, Tom, come on, come on, stop, 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 stop. come on, Tom. He's above, he's above jacuzzi like this. He's waiting, yeah, boys, what are you saying now, you fucking idiots? <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> I'm never, we're all like, to jump out and stuff. And he was like, don't move, I'll, I'll put it in there and that. And in the end, obviously, of course, he, he didn't put it in. But that was the time I realised this guy's mental in the head here. Oh, that's amazing, man. Man, you would never hate that scene on a sports scene and that, eh? Never. I, when someone told me he was doing, like, sports scene and... and commentating and whatever else I thought no way man They've, no way it's impossible but he's got that side to him like for sure amazing man uh, who else was good players and obviously he had a good, great career Clark Carlisle Graham Alexander mate I loved Robbie Blake man I thought Robbie Blake technically was tremendous wasn't he Robbie Blake was another one who's on like a coming to the back end of his career um, you know the technique was just it was embarrassing at times some of the stuff he'd done with the ball it was like come on and he was like, he was known for being like, you know, like quite small, little podgy guy. But like the way he moved and how good he was with the ball was absolutely brilliant. It was that, that his goal against I think it was Man United first game of the season. Incredible. That that, that that that's like was my highlight of him thinking that. So that that put in one in one picture, one video is exactly him's like that. Yeah. Uh, on the on the training ground, what was it like? Was it just like people say what Uncoil is five sides and shoot, shooting for capes? The day boys love that. Loved it because they'd never seen nothing like that. You know what I mean? They'd never, excuse me, they'd never been in a, in a position where, like, you know, you come down in England, like, it's a lot of tactics and it's a lot of, like, 11 v 11s and, and so on and so on. But Coyle's came in and just switched it around and goes, you know, we're doing it my way here. And, and, and that's what his way was, was 
was getting players to enjoy themselves and, and, and being free and relaxed. So when you go into a game, you're relaxed, you make a mistake, that's life. And um, and, and they loved it, you know. We, I can't remember really many times doing shaping. Done a little bit of set pieces now and then, but apart from that, it was some passing drill possession games every single day. Thursday, Friday, playing volleys for cakes, everything. It was in drinks, whatever it was class. What were you, why were you so good? Was it just into the team spirit in the dressing room? Was that the best dressing room you played in, kid? Um, no, I, I wouldn't say, like, as my careers went on, I'd probably say it was an all right dressing room. I, I went on to great dressing rooms, I think. But in terms of a manager getting the best at the dressing room, for sure. For sure. Like, he was... Because we're the, I'd say, I'd class it now is when I look back, we had an, an all right bunch of players in a, in a good standard league. And, and we, didn't, we didn't deserve to be anywhere near the top of that league and, 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 and what Coyley did the confidence for the boys and for the team and obviously himself as well was, was just brilliant for the city on the whole to be honest with you it was just brilliant it was Could he be fun was he, is he quite funny on Coyle like slaughtering boys and that big time shouts he's got a few big time shouts isn't he he was brilliant he was you know what he, 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 was, he was absolute class as well playing football he was like he'd play in the, he'd play in training and stuff you know what he'd do it'd be like it'd be um say three teams of seven or something like that and it, it could, just so he got himself in the games he'd go and play as a floater or, or he'd put someone else on the side so he could get in in that and like, when he got, when he got in like he was like he was good he was sharp I think he was 41 years old at the time he was dinking keepers he, would, he used to like hit shots and shout Coyle and went in and <laughs> big, big Brian Easton used to absolutely like piss himself laughing at like, he used to just like say things he used to do this one where right, he used to shout someone say someone in the distance he'd like say like he'd walk on the training pitch he, you know a typical young boy just battering balls like that he'd come on the training pitch first thing he'd zing a ball he'd say Clarky stay there he'd um, zing a ball to him go, he'd go straight to his feet and he'd just go like that he would just go Kev honestly <laughs> I swear <laughs> <laughs> Me and the boys were like just just laughing every day, man. Every time, and obviously, you know, it's like it goes to a change room. The boys are like shouting to each other, "Oh, Kev!" <laughs> Amazing, man. <laughs> Honestly, no, it was it was daily. Every day it was. Sandy used to just piss himself laughing. You couldn't get hold of him. He was he was, he was brilliant. He was man. Oh, mate, with the boys run through a back wall for him, here. Everything, whatever, whatever they took to do, they, they would do it for him, and that's what he installed in the whole place. Like he, he was, he was a good, good guy, and not just the players. Like I mean, to, to everyone, cleaners the lot. Like he was, he was top drawer. He was amazing, man. All right, mate, you came on as an early sub in the first leg of the playoffs, and you didn't get on the second leg and the final. Was that tough to take? Uh? You know what? In that in that season, I I, I was kind of, I was my first season, kind of establishing myself. I was kind of in and out, to be honest with you. And um, why did you? I was. I think probably first and foremost a bit of inexperience for myself and the league being much much harder than to go from playing for Dundee and, and obviously the championship version of Scotland to playing the championship version of England was was you know what I mean it was it was night and day it was yeah standard was was tough going so those games I did struggle in uh, a lot of games I did struggle in, a lot of games I did well in so I think Coyley done well in t- to try to p- protect me as such in, in certain ways. Um, he had this kind of way of making everyone feel fantastic and, and that's the way, way he was. And you know what, at the time when I look back now, I, I, I wasn't too, I wasn't too like drawn on not being not playing because um, at the time I had full confidence in, in, in the manager getting us promoted and you know what I mean? And he did. So I, I, I was put, put my personal issues aside and that was that. You thought he'd stick the Scottish boy on the final, though, eh? 
Yeah, you have to, yeah, to be fair, to be honest. You, you have to, yeah, but fuck it, it didn't happen, did it? Right, what, uh, what, was, uh, what was that like, mate, getting promoted to the Premier first season there? Remember, do you, do you remember, actually remember the film when the final whistle goes? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. My, I had my my family in, in one in one side and, and, and the friends in in, my, in the in the main part of the stadium. So I remember when the whistle went. It was just like because we scored early on about twentieth minute. I thought big Wade Elliott scored a banger. And Three then, um, I think we 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 were we were good in the game. I remember because I'm sure we had the run of the game. We were like we we're confident. I think they got a boy sent off for someone as well, which made it even more. But when the final whistle went, it was just, you know, you can imagine it. At Wembley, obviously, even being sat on the bench, I didn't, I, I, at the point, I didn't know you, to be even sat, to be even on the pitch at Wembley, warming up and, and have the chance of coming on was, from from playing at Breakin a year and a half ago to that, I, I couldn't have complained. That's amazing. So, um, I can't imagine he never put you on the final whistle when he just looked at you and done that. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> you would have done that to someone, I'm sure of it. What's that? What's the dressing room like after you've been promoted to the Premier League? Brilliant chaos, absolute chaos, straight off. Especially in that point, at that point where we uh, had a good kind of team spirit and that, I was, you know, it's like you see on the pitch and stuff. When you see on the pitch is is calm from when you go in the dressing room on the inside. Everyone's got their champagne that outside for photos and celebrating with the fans. When you go in the inside, there's beers, crack, there's all sorts, there's there's pizzas all over the place, and it's just it's just. You're, you don't leave the stadium for another two hours at least. You're just like, you're having a good few bevies in the changing room as classes. And uh, d- did you know there then that your money was getting doubled? Huh? Yeah, fucking right it. <laughs> How good that man! That's amazing, huh? Yeah, it was. It was nice, man. It was. It was nice for everyone. Like, and obviously that's 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 what you look at. Like, you know, you, you look back at them things and think, well, you no, know, eighteen months ago or whatever, you're, you're or a year ago, you're on. Got a grand a week at at, at, at Dundee, do you know what I mean? And suddenly you're you're earning like earning good double figures for stuff. It's like, come on, man, this is this is this is the life, like. Yeah. And then did you get the open top bus now in Burnley? Yeah, the open the open top bus was good fun. I, um, I I don't remember too much of actually what happened that that night, to be fair. But um, it was it was it was a good it was a good day. It was because we've all met in the pub, we all met in the pub, one of the local pub during the day. Um, there was about ten of us there. There was there was no there was about twelve of us there in the pub. Fifteen of us or so had a good a good few scoops. And I was like, right boys, we'll meet at six o'clock. I think we met at about one o'clock. We were battered by the time we got at six o'clock, and then went on the bus and that. And never like the, the whole the whole of Burnley loves football. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a one club city uh, town, and, and that's that's what it was. They absolutely loved it, and for us, it was a great day. Like, and uh, that was a common team. Was it was a Sunday club you said. What a what a great Sunday! What a great great Sunday! It's, it's, it was it was bottling towards my last year, when obviously I went like kind of last year, last two years. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it did turn into a stag, to be honest with you. We'd be there at that pub on the, on the Sundays. It would, would meet. It would. We got there's a place called the Footballers Inn. It was well shit all it was, but uh, <laughs> it was ideal for us. Me, Eastie, Ed, Fletch, um, Tom every now and then. Alex McDonald. We used to just go down there, Dave Edgar, and we'd go in at about one o'clock. We'd probably not leave the place till about three o'clock the following morning. And like and the, was, Monday or was it Monday off? There was times where it was Monday, and yeah, you could tell that you could tell we were in deep trouble when it came to Monday morning. But there was times where Mondays off. Very coyly would give us Mondays off, and whatever else or whoever else was the manager would give us give us the Mondays. And we used to just go, and we used to just, you know what? It, it started off normal at times, and after a while, it was just absolute chaos in the pub. People were loving us. We were like, we turned. I think we actually turned it into karaoke Sunday nights. The pub was then the karaoke nights, and we were like pretty much starting it up for everyone. It was amazing. It was. What, would the fans be there as well and you should have a beer with the fans in there? Nah, it was, it was kind of like out there. It was out in the... Um, 
In stand- between Burnley and Manchester, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like loads of Burnley fans. It was just like a little a little village place, and uh, they just loved us going out. And a few young boys, like they were having a laugh with us, and it was it was great. It was. Right, right, mate. You mentioned him. Fletch signs that season. I, I think he's criminally underrated. I always say it on here, like, how good is he? Top player, isn't he? Fantastic, like absolutely amazing to be honest with you. Like I don't, I don't used to say it to him. He used to, he used to be buzzing off it, but he was, he was top. Um, everything he'd done, like he would, what I liked about Fletch was he had the like he had an arrogance about him. He knew he was good, and and, and technically he was good. Like physically he was good, and he was just he brought Burnley again to another level again. He came in and bagged goals. A lot of pressure on him. I think he moved for about fifteen million, the club record fee, and he just took it in his stride. And he was he was he was amazing. He was like yeah. It's mad to see when you give people praise. Like it's usually their head that gets bigger, but Fletch's ears that keep getting bigger. Aren't they? Did you did you hear the story about him when he's medical non coil? Yeah, tennis. Tennis, madness, eh? <laughs> Amazing, mate. Uh, like that season, you said uh, you scored a late equaliser. You man City at the Etihad. Surreal, didn't it? Incredible, absolutely, absolutely incredible. It was. I didn't know what I was doing that far forward, to be honest with you. And like, when I look back, it was actually a nice finish under pressure. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I think it was three each the final score. And a couple of the boys were on the bench. Normally, Fletch was playing and stuff. I think, no, Fletch was on, actually. The other boys, Easty and Ed, were on the bench. And I just remember looking over them and giving it like a, like a little fist tip to say, like, we made it here, boys. It was, <laughs> like, it's incredible, it was, man. Love that. When was the first time in that Premier League that you thought, like, wow, this standard is ridiculous? Do you remember a, a certain game or a player that you played against you just thought, this is a different level? I, don't know who, I think it was at Arsenal at the time, I think. I don't know. We played against someone. I think it was Fabregas or someone like that. And we came up against him, and I honestly couldn't get within five yards of him. I was social distancing from him. Honestly, I was miles away. <laughs> and the whole game, and I got taken off about an hour, and I walked straight on the bench, and I said, fuck me, I hopefully I don't play the next game against these boys. I, I could not get close for the life of me. Like, I, whatever I tried, I was trying to, like, press them and stuff and do all sorts of it and try, like, do whatever I could possibly do. And they were so clever, like, one-touch balls in the corner and stuff, and, like, they were just nowhere near it. That's when I thought, like... This is when, that's when I realised like, it was so much more athletic than, than what I actually was. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean, Isaac? You need to be a lot fitter. A lot fitter and a lot more like, agile and stuff. And I've never been the most agile people, uh, players in, in football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's when I, I realised it. And then the Premier League that then was, compared to what it's like now, it's nothing like what it is now. But like back then, like from, from coming from Dundee to Burnley Championship, to, it was a huge step up, to be honest with you. It was, it was tough going, it was. Yeah. Did you get uh, did you get many tops? I got a few, yeah. Yeah, I got a few, I think. Yeah. Well, I got Fabregas in the end. I made sure I said it at the end of the game. I, said, I actually said to him, I said to him after the game, I said, you mind if I get your top? And he said, yeah, no problem. I said, this is the closest I've ever actually got to you, to be honest with you. And he just started laughing. He was probably didn't understand a word I said, but he laughed anyway. <laughs> was, uh, did anyone mug you off, Kev? I always wonder that as well. Did any of the big boys ever mug you off? Not really, like, I think that, I think they do it to certain people and that you're a bit of a you know, you're a bit of a clown on the pitch to them and that you do, but sometimes you've got to know your place at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go batter into Fabregas and all these players and, and say, Yeah, like yeah, you're crap or that, do you know what I mean? I'm just not gonna do it because like, he's probably just gonna laugh at me and say, like, sorry, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean, like Right mate, um Owen Coyle's departure. How much a shock was it? Did 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 you like days before it, did you get a wee inkling or anything, or was it a total shock? He told us he was going to go, to be fair. He said what, to us... He you on the dressing room? Yeah, he said, he said to us, like, well, listen, boys, it's been, a great, it's been a great time and I loved every minute and, and so on and so on and, like, I'm, I'm going to go across there. And we were like, 
Listen, we, we actually said it was Stevie Caldwell said, I think it was Stevie Caldwell said, or Graham Alexander said, listen, boss, you, you brought us to where we are now. Do you know what I mean? Without you, it wouldn't have happened. Like, so, you know, fair play. We hope you, I wish you all the success. And, you know, and, and, that, and that was that, to be fair. Big Coil was away. That was him. Did he, did he, did he speak to you individually or was it just as a group? I remember speaking to him and saying, because he phoned me when he left and he said, like, don't worry about it, you'll be all good and that. And he was like, well, we'll, we'll look to try, maybe try and take you over to Bolton. Um, to try and he tried to he was looking to try and sign me at Bolton and stuff and I was like right okay we'll just like keep in touch and we'll, and we'll see what happens and then I think he probably changed his number after that but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think um, I, he gave me a phone further down the line and that and in the end like they 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 went elsewhere and that was fair enough you know he gave me the chance in English football and I could never could never say a bad word about him. Thank you, saying Greg Wild is you didn't he? Sorry. Thank you, Greg Wild instead of you. Fuck me, I think he actually did, no, is that, I mean, like, well, fucking hell. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, Jenny's would have stayed up with Gordon Coyle, stayed manager. Well, we would have been closer, we would have stayed up, I'm not sure, but we would have been closer, we were going away to teams and getting battered 5-0 every week, it was, it was hard going, but I think um, he would have given us a, a, a better chance, for sure. See, when you're going away and getting battered 5-0, is there like, ructions in the dressing room after games? Not really. if it's if it's like silly ones and you're not tracking your runners and, and you're just silly goals, not then then there might be a bit of something. But there wasn't really anything too because it was a close knit squad. It wasn't really too much like that. Um, we, we 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 knew we were up there. We deserve to be up there. Don't get me wrong, but we knew we were on an uphill battle to stay in the league. You know that was it. Like and, and unfortunately we were miles off it in the end. Do you know what I mean? You said you watched it, Stephen Thomas interview. Told us that. Uh... Brian Laws probably lacked the authority for that squad. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He struggled, to be fair. Brian Laws did. Um, and he, I think if I remember correctly, he was with Sheffield Wednesday, 19th in the league in the championship mm-hmm. and got Burnley job 12th in the premiership. So everyone was kind of looking, first of all, like, what's happening? What's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Is that what you were 12th when he came we were, in? I think we were around about 12th, 14th, something like that anyway, but like higher than 19th in the championship anyway. Um, and I don't know from his previous records or whatever, I'm not really too sure, but he came in and, and he did struggle a bit, to be fair. He tried to, tried to change it up a bit. And, and we were so used to that, that way of own coil. It just, it was too, it was too like different, two, two completely different marges and it just didn't work at all, to be honest with you. Right, mate, tell us your story. You going to the boozer at halftime after being subbed at Man City. See, at halftime, did you have a wee bit of a Not really, like, what happened was we, um, um, what happened was obviously we were getting absolutely cluttered. I think it was five nil. Like oh, Man City at home, you know, they they were just started spending big money then. They were, were battered. We were, and then like came in at half time, and for some reason I, I don't know how. I thought I was doing all right. You know, one of them things you start to think to yourself, was I doing all right there? Clearly not. Um, was all right. Made the changes. Me and Robbie Blake came off. I was like, I was like, fuck. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why my head was so gone. I, I, no clue why. When I think back now, I think like. Well, why was your head so gone? I was like, fuck this. So I had mates cut that come down um, every year. Like my dad and all his mates come down to like, eat, one game each year. Normally the end of the season, last game of the season. They've been doing it for years. They come down with their kilts on. They've got like Bur- they make Burnley t-shirts and stuff on, like the Claret and Scottish Claret and Blues and all this, whatever. So I was like, these are all at the pub. Like, I texted my dad saying, listen, I'm, I've been t- I've been dragged. Where are you? So we're just down at the, we're just down at the pub, the one one four one club, literally about 30 yards down to the, 300 yards down from the stadium. It's like, no problem, I'll be there. So they've obviously went to the, they've obviously went to the booth when I went off. So got, got ready and that. I was thinking of a silly dude. Just go or what? 
I don't know what I had left. You know what? It was when I look back now. Of course, it's a mistake. Of course. Yeah. But left the left the changing room. Was like, oh, fuck this. I'm off. Someone else got dragged at half time. Blakey got dragged at half time. I think he just left and went home. I just left. Strolled down from Burnley. Walked down to the pub. Met all the boys. I went to the pub and I got away. And I'm like, I'm like, what's happening here? So I just walked walked in. And obviously by this point, obviously Burnley fans were there as well. So they're all they're all Burnley fans. They're like, way. I'm walking in and forgetting the game's five 0 I think it's six 0 at this point. I'm sat there with sat there with a pint of beer, just like sipping away. Honestly, madness it was. So did none of them come up and pull me up, kid? None of the fans? Not really. There was a couple of bad looks here and there, but obviously someone's took a sly picture of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Someone's took a picture. And my dad said, my dad was like, "Oh, your best, your best goal to be fair." I was, like, I was like, oh, "Fuck that, you know, I'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it." And I was like, I went outside. Dad said, "Well, come out of the pub at least." Do you know what I mean? And a couple of the lads came out with me. I was stood at the side. And I, I remember one of them kept taking my drink, so there was no photos in that. Which, I'm, at the end of the day, the game's still going on, but we're probably 18-0 down at this point, and I'm sat in the pub, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and someone took a picture of me outside the pub with the, in the 75th minute saying, this is what this is what uh, Kevin McDonald done during the half, second half and that. So it was, um, yeah, and in the Premier League, in the, in the Championship, you might have got away with it a bit. In the Premier League, when the, all the world that's kind of on, all the media's on, yeah, it was, all in all, it was a bad decision, yeah. Yeah, was that the hardest? Was that probably the hardest experience of your career? Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, I knew I was in the wrong when I was doing it at the time. I knew I was in the wrong, and and, and I stuck I stuck by it because I thought, well, why did I get dragged? You know what I mean? Arrogant or something like that. I was thinking, like, why drag me? My mates are here. I want to have a good weekend because the first time they'd been down probably or something. I don't know, but um, it was it was tough going. Like it was it was a silly decision. I stand by it all along. Um, I stand by my decision and say, yeah, I, I was in the wrong, but. From me learning from that position is has been the biggest, the best outcome for me in the long run. Oh, we've all done it, mate. You make mistakes when you're younger. So you're not wrong. Uh, did that kill you the rest of your time at Burnley then, Kev? Was yeah. that you done after that? Done, yeah, yeah, done. And did the but, manager tell you that? Did he say that's you done? Nah, but Eddie, the, the next manager did. I got to um, I got usual find a couple of weeks of ages, so that was that wasn't ideal. And then um, I, I knew I was, I knew I was, I, I was done. You know. What ended up happening was that Brian Laws just said, like, listen, you won't be involved at all. Like, that's that. You, you, you won't play for me again. So I trained and stuff each day. And then I, I think I went on loan somewhere. I think I went on loan to Scunthorpe or something like that. Um, I know. You know I mean, one minute, you're, one minute you're playing Man City, next minute you're on loan to Scunthorpe. Well, that might have been the following season. I'm not sure. But I knew my career was done then. That's when it was like, uh, that's when it turned into a real stag do. You know what I mean? That's what, Scunthorpe? No, like when when I knew I wasn't going to play again for Burnley, yeah. like Easter and that one, like oh, it was Tuesday nights. You know what I mean? There's nothing going on in Burnley. You want to go down to Witherspoons? I'm down at Witherspoons at seven o'clock at night. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, it was. It I turned, just, I quickly fit back and change somewhere. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, and 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 I, as I said, I went alone. I think I, I think I seen it out to the end of that season. I think, and then if I was playing golf and all the time, just having a great time with without playing football. I forgot where it was. I forgot I was actually a football. I was getting paid well, and I was I was enjoying life without actually playing football. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Kind of. See, after that, do you think that pushed you on to kind of change a wee bit. It gave me a wake up call, and the, the, what we gave me a wake up call was so Eddie Howe came in that next season. Eddie Howe came came in manager of Burnley, and I went on loan. That obviously I wasn't going to play in that, and so on and so on. I went on loan to Scunthorpe, Notts County, just to kind of get some games. That major, so you need to, you need to, you're not going to play again for Burnley. You need to build yourself up somehow for then your next move. Don't think of now. You're not going to get this money here elsewhere just now, so you need to build yourself for the next move. Because bear in mind, I'm, I'm going to Burnley as a high prospect. In the first 18 months, I was like there, and then suddenly I'm rock bottom. Do you know what I mean? 
So I needed to build myself up a bit. So I went and done that, and then I got a, got through to January and got like a little stress factor. I came back to Burnley in the last six months. I was it was embarrassing to be fair. We were, we were out all the time. We were, we were just you know what I mean eating out all the time. It was um, it was a, it was a big wake up call. And then were you worried about your career at that point, kid? I wasn't worried because I, I wasn't worried because I backed myself and, and my potential. But I didn't realize how I didn't know what like how football worked as such in terms of would I get a good move? I'm I'm I'm, I'm sat like playing golf and not thinking that's fine. I'll get another championship team, no problem. Don't worry about it. It's easy. It'll be easy. I mean, so that, that's what I thought in my head, which turned out like massively wrong. Yeah. Um, and then what happened was it came to the end of the season and this was my third year, obviously. And um, Eddie Howe pulled me in, right? Obviously, you're not going to get a contract and stuff. So you know, you're free to do whatever you want and that. But then, that, then two night, previous two nights before, we were absolutely battered. Went on like, because obviously we, we knew a couple of us were going to be leaving. So we went on a two-day bender. I'm talking a good two-day bender, like, you know what I mean? Like, about four hours sleep. And then I went in to see him at 11 o'clock in the morning, like, eyes all over the gap. was just, like, sat in the office like that. And he's like, yeah, listen, Kev, you're not, you're not getting a contract here, mate. Like, and that is when it kind of hit home. Because, like, obviously, you're, you know, one of them ones, like, you're, you're hungover and stuff. You've just... You've got it here. I mean, and then that was, that was when I needed to speak to my agent. I said, I'll give you a phone tomorrow. And he goes, yeah, we'll look, we'll look for someone from there. So that's, that was... a. That was a big point in my career, yeah. And then, mate, as you say, going to play against Man City, to having to go on trial at Sheffield United. What's, what are you thinking when you're driving up to that trial? Trial's the worst, mate. You know, the worst thing, the only worst thing about it is that people don't know about. I had a trial at Doncaster and they said no. That was the worst thing. So, it was a real low. That's when I really thought to myself, like, actually, I'm shit here. I've gone. Like, oh. that's what I thought. My mum and dad are panicking there like, Kev, like... You know, like, what are you going to do? They're, on, they're ringing on the phone every day and it doesn't help me. And I'm like, we'll get something I've got. Because I'm quite relaxed. I'm like, we'll get something. Don't worry about it. When I'm trying to downcast, I got treated like an absolute, you know what I mean? got treated like a dickhead. I was like, I was just making up the numbers there. Um, and then and, and in the end, like the, my agent said, like, listen, we need, a, we, need a, we need an answer here. So they were like, no, nah, we're not going to give him a contract. Then I was like, wow. Like, wow. Then, I was, then I was struggling. Um I didn't know. I didn't really know what to do, to be honest with you. And then my agent got the trial at Sheffield United, um, which was which was interesting. What a club, mate. What a club, eh? What a club, like fantastic. You still up my senses. It's the best, mate. I used to love. I used to hate playing you because we always got dicked, but I used to love it just for the song. Man, I wasn't even interested in the football. I just wanted to hear the song. Amazing, yeah. that. Amazing, man. Absolutely fantastic. It was. So who was it, Kev? Was it Danny Wilson? Danny Wilson was the what one who... What a manager, mate. What a manager. Mm. What a guy. So, so I, I got this trial at Sheffield United. So, I don't know how I, I had a like, sick... I know what this, I know what it was. Turned up at the, uh, to the hotel. I mentioned to you, like... Mm-hmm. Turned up at the hotel and uh, I looked at the squad list online. I was, like, look, flicking through my phone. I was like, right, okay. I need to have a check and see who's at this club. and Because it was a big club at the point, you know, but it just didn't a League One. Like, a big club looking at some, some big players. And I see on the squad list Ryan Flynn. And I was like, are we Flynn here? No, it can't be Flynn, is it? Scroll back on Wikipedia as a lot, making sure to double check that it was him. Phoned down to the hotel reception, just seen his signed about, about a few days ago, or a couple of weeks back. Phoned down to the reception, like, listen, um, I think my friend's in this hotel, uh, Ryan Flynn. And they're like, yeah, yeah, the Sheffield United player, he's here. I said, put me, put me through to him. He goes, all right, okay, you should, they're like, you sure you know him? I said, yeah, yeah, of course I know him. Like, put him through. Flynn picked up the phone. I was speaking to him last night about it. Flynn picks up the phone. I'm like, not spoke to him. We played it under 21s together. 
not spoke to him in a couple of years. I was like, funny, it's Kev. And he's on the phone, like, baffled, like, you got the wrong number. It's Kev. And he's like, what are you talking about? Who is it? It's Kev McDonald. And then it clicked in. I said, I, I, he was like, oh, what, what are you doing? And I said, come, what room are you? And I'll come up. Went up to his room. I said, let's go get some lunch and stuff. Me and Flynn got on, like, got on well. Me and Flynn went out to get some lunch. I'm like, honestly, this is the first day I've not trained yet. I've just arrived in Sheffield. This place called Nona's on Eccles Hall Road in Sheffield. A little Italian place, like, like bar. Shall we have a drink? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea, to be honest with you, Flynn. And, and then Flynn is adamant it was me that said it. He was like, so one of us was like, oh, should we have a drink? I was like, yeah, be as well then, honestly. I've not seen him in years. The buzz was there. I was like, I thought I'd signed a contract. I completely forgot I was on trial. Next minute, about, about four hours later, we're gone again, like back, tanking down beers. I had like big carbonara, pizza at the side, whatever you want, just tank them. Thinking, ah, we've got to go home at some point. And I was at the phone. I remember saying to Flynn, let's go to Sheffield, see what it's all about then, shall we? We're already on our way. Flynn said, yeah, let's go then. Didn't get in until about three in the morning. So I was on tri- I had trial the next day. First day of trial the next day. Woke up in the morning, quickly messaged Flynn and said, mate, I feel like an absolute bag of shit here. I'm, I don't know what we're thinking. And he was pissing himself off. And he's already, he's already signed a contract on six grand a week or something. Do you know what I mean? Here's me, tra- here's me fighting for a living. I'm coming, turning up on over. Coming up on the first day of training. Went to see a boy, Danny Wilson. A great guy. Straight away, probably was thinking, this guy smells like a brewery. He's gone. He wouldn't have uh, that, mate. Danny, Danny wouldn't have that. Well, exactly. So, but what he did, what the problem was with Danny Wilson at the very start was go out to train. I'm in this. I'm, in this, I'm, in, I'm playing, and I'm, I'm, I'm very average, to be honest with you. At the time, I'm, I'm very, very average. You know what Danny's calling me? Danny Wilson, the manager at the time, puts me in, in centre midfield. He's calling me Dave. He's like, Dave, you go, go, you go play number, go play number ten. And I was like, the first one, I was like, I looked round, all right. I look over and just see Flynn pissing himself, laughing. Like he's like, he's he, he's just like looking, he's pointing at me because obviously the manager's looking at me. He's pointing at me like that. And I'm like, and, I'm, and, he goes, and he's like, Dave, go, yeah, go play number 10, put on an orange bib. And I was like, and the boys were like, hey, that's you, Kev. I was like, what? I said, it's, I was like, it's Kev, mate. He goes, oh, I thought it was Dave. I honestly, it was so awkward. I thought like, I, I was so close to thinking like, just walk, just walk now. Your, your time's done in football, you're finished. Honestly. I love managers getting boys' names wrong. I swear. And in the end, you know what? He turned out to be the most amazing guy, Danny Wilson. Like manager, person, everything. He was, he was fantastic. You couldn't be more apologetic after it. After I'd eventually signed, because you know what he's like. He, he, he the, the banter's then there. He continues to call me Dave each day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until he, until he, I, I signed, and then he, was, he said, "I apologise for that." But like, listen, we're down to work now. Here we go. Like so. You know, all, all, all fairness to him from obviously saying to the board I want to sign him like he, he brought my career back on track Amazing mate what a story that is uh, Harry Maguire was there and he asked you mate you probably get asked all the time um, be honest did you imagine that you'd going to be the most expensive defender in the world? No def- definitely not but potential was massively there like he was a big lump of wood at the time do you know what I mean he was st- you know, he was stiffer than a board like he was heavy in that he you know what I mean? He looked like a... Uh, have you seen the picture of him with the long hair and stuff like that down at the side and it looks across? He looks like a, like a school teacher or something. He was honestly... Like a goth a wee bit, like, like he's a like Yeah, he looked horrific, he did. But he had always had the potential. His technique in that was fantastic. And it, and once he got sharper on that, he was he had potential. But I think if you asked him, if you had the chance to ask him himself, he'd, he'd say the same. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure most people would, yeah. 
Well, uh, he has got a massive head in it, as Kevin Kyle said, he's a sniper's dream, but would he get slaughtered off the older lads? Yeah, like, uh, stuff like that. Who was it? Who was it? Chris Morgan, obviously the centre half as well. He used to, Big Morgan used to ham him for it as well because he did have a massive meatball head. You know what I mean? It was huge, and, and he, at the time he looks all right now. He looks slim and athletic. At the time, his hair grew out the way. You know what I mean? He had this massive head, but like he, he done well to be fair. And like you know, even back then he was doing well. So fair play to the kid. Was he? Was he confident in his ability, kid? He was confident in his ability. Yeah, he, he knew he was. He knew he was powerful. He knew he was strong. He knew he could. He could handle the ball. He was brilliant at like what he does now is stepping out of the ball and that he was he was top drawer and he's went from strength to strength, you know what I mean? Yeah, you mentioned him. I had to ask you as well. Chris Morgan was the hardest man in the world, wasn't he? Chris Morgan, man. Yeah, he was uh, you know, he he done his he done his ACL, someone uh, someone said done his ACL in like the sixteenth minute of the game and played ninety minutes when he done his first knee. What? He played ninety minutes after it? Yeah, he played the games. That's what they were saying. He done his ACL, I think it was like twentieth minute and then he played the full game. And then after that, he was like, I oh, know it's fine, just give me a couple of Cocodemol or something, and then played that, played through it. And then next day, he was like, Yeah, you, you've done your name, mate. Now, I used to laugh. See, we played you once, and they were uh, and it was him and Unsworth and taking over as caretaker manager, mate. It was like the bushwhackers standing on the side of the pitch, man. They <laughs> <laughs> were huge, weren't they? Oh, they were huge, mate, but they were heroes, man. I loved the, the two of them. Morris was, was, was mentally, was, but a great guy, you know, one of them big, like, like hardy, hardy guys, but like, um. You know, he put everything out there on the pitch, but I tell you, it was scary, man. I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to fight him. I'll tell you that. Did him and Doyle ever have a go each other? Not really. No, not, the only yeah. one that really had a bit of a battle was remember Nick Montgomery. Yes, Nick Montgomery. He was a little, a little hard guy as well. Him and Doyle used to have a little kick up every now and then. That was like one of them ones that was like waiting to erupt. Like, but it, it never, it never really did. It never came to nothing. They kind of both like it was mutual respect. You know, they both, they both like wanted to play. They both, oh, they were both centre mids. But you put them on the opposite team together with like batting at each other. Yeah. See, when you were doing the job leagues, obviously you're now Prem and champ, but uh, was there anyone you played with that you thought would have went on to do better? Like Ched Evans was there, wasn't he? Is he a Prem- could he be a Premier League player back in the day? Um, Ched, the, the time when he obviously got sent down, was it was on fire. I think he scored like 25 goals and he hadn't played the first 10 games of the season. So he was on, he was on fire, he was. But yeah, obviously that happened with him. But if there was anyone that I, w- I would say that I played with that should have went, Went on would be would be him yeah his finishing was finishing you had that like you know them that them as soon as you get a second just bang and it was so powerful his shots and that whereas his finishing was class yeah uh, he's probably the the one that stands out to me yeah strong boy as well wasn't he and uh, me you also had uh, Dave Kitson who splits opinion man like seems strange to me he's meant to be the secret footballer did he ever mention it ah uh, we we tried to get that out of him and he gave nothing away you know nothing. I think it's because, like, in the long run, he wants to be, you know, the PFA, the rep. He yeah. wants to be the PFA. He's trying to take over Gordon Taylor's job, I think. So yeah, I think boys aren't having it, eh? Boys aren't having it. Nah, nah, the boys aren't having it, no. Nah. And, and you know what? He, he, if you get him, he's, 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 got a, he's got a different sense of humour. He's dry, man. Like, he, you know what I mean? He, he'd crucify you in a second. But he's, um, he, was, he seemed all right. He, he came in and he was at the back end of his career. He was in a jolly. He was absolutely wedged, you know what I mean? He was, he was chilling. Yeah. Uh, last person, Barry Robson. How was he when he came in? Barry Robson was a, was was frustrating to play with. To be honest with you, he, 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 if you had the ball, now the only person you could give the ball to was him. Like <laughs> he, he was, he needed the ball at all times. He didn't get the ball. He was moaning all the time. Um, good guy again. Kate turned up like turned up every every day, like wanting to play and wanting to like to do well and stuff. But he was one of them ones. He was constantly wanting the ball. And like in the end, it was like. 
I think a few of the older boys were like, do you know what I mean? Just, just give it a rest. Like, because not everything's got to go through you. Do you know what I mean? But at the time, I'll tell you what, your lovely left foot. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, he was, he was, I don't know what time, what age he was at the time. But he, was, he was good, man. A good player. Right, mate. Can I have a story? Uh, can I mention a club without asking you about days out? Uh, talking about the ex Christmas do away at Port Vale. Um, yeah, so the Port Vale, we, Port Vale was, um, I think, that, no, Carlisle was the Glasgow Christmas do, but Port Vale one, so we were 1-0 we were up, 1-0, we were 1-0 down it was, for the Christmas party, and we got told, obviously, it was a replay, I think it was a cup or something, the replay's on the Tuesday if you draw, so it was 1-0 down at about 85 minutes or something like that, and I'm like on the ball, like <laughs> like thinking, right, right, lads, come on, FA Cup, we're not going to win it, just just take it easy a bit here, all right? Got young boys enthusiastic, like bombing down, like, we've got to get goals, you know, the manager's on us, big Danny Wilson's on us, let's go, let's go, all out attack, we've got to be five up front. We scored eight, about 89th minute, my head was flying, everyone's celebrating. I'm like walking like that to them to celebrate, I was like, I was fuming, I was. Flynn, Flynn came past me, he goes, Kev, can you believe this? And me and Flynn were on the pitch, like, oh my fucking God, what are we doing? Like, I'm... I, at this point, the most important thing is the Christmas party. I planned the night out. I'm ready, like, you know, as you do on Christmas parties, you know what it's like the game the game before. So that's that. I'm like, I so you've got to draw. I'm like, you know, I, I, my, head, my head's flying, it is. And suddenly from nowhere, it comes to the 93rd minute. I can't remember, it's like a cross comes in the box and like, bang, someone scored for us. The celebrations were mad. I was run, honestly, I must have done about three K celebrations. I was like running around. I think I had my top off at one point, like swing it around. <laughs> I didn't even score in the hand. Someone else scored. Me and Flynn were like celebrating so much. Came in the changing room after the game. Danny Wilson goes, Well, Kev, clearly you and Flynn have got something planned for this Christmas party because that was incredible celebrations. <laughs> oh, was, that the, was that the Christmas do that you egg off the police? Yeah, so this, that was that one. So that was obviously on the. That was obviously the, the game, obviously leading up. So we went up to, I think, I think it was that Christmas party. Anyway, it was one of, them, one of the ones after. We went up to Glasgow um, for the Christmas party. Had a right old weekend up there, as you can imagine. You know, your fancy dress and so on and so on. And on the way back home, you know when you're like, you're battered on the way home and like, you're like, everyone's hungover, there's not a word said. Yeah. Somehow we decide to play Eggy Boff on the train, like with our tickets. Well, people know what Eggy Boff is, because it's just an English thing, mate. People don't play it in Scotland. But no, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, Eggy Boff, obviously, is when, when like someone tries to speak to you and, and no one says a word back to them. Yeah. So, so you're ignoring somebody you here. A train can yeah, completely ignoring someone. So a train a train conductor's obviously coming up to us saying asking for the tickets and we don't say a word. So there's five of us on the train. I don't I can't remember who I all know is me and Flynn is obviously the main and Chris Porter it was Chris Porter because I remember what happens in the end. So a train conductor comes over, uh, tickets please, all of us, just like that. <laughs> tickets please, boys. This is like we've left Glasgow, we've got this it comes out about Manchester it was. And no one, I'm looking at Flynn straight in the eye. I, he's, he's dying to laugh. Chris Porter was like, kind of like, he's nervous about it, but we're doing it. Like, I don't know how we've got the energy to do this after two days on the bender. Um, keeps on going. Right, boys, last chance. Tickets, please. None of us. Just continuous. He goes, right, boys, well, next stop you're getting off at. Tries to get us off at the next stop. By this point, we're down like Sheffield Way or whatever it is. I don't know where we are at this point. Right, right lads, next. Tick, we'll see the yellow jackets coming down. We're like, oh, shit, no. What we're doing? What we're doing? I'm like, oh, boys, I'm not saying, I'm not speaking. I guarantee, you, I'm not saying a word. Flynn is like, no, I'm not saying it either. Please come in. Tickets, please. Nothing. Not a single word from anyone. Even Chris Porter, he's a bag of nerves, so he's shaking. Last time the boys were right, we're gonna, we're gonna go to get you to train here now. I'm looking at, but by this point, my face is gone. I need to put my head down. Tickets, please. 
Wait. Chris Porter's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, uh, 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 they chucked us off the train, mate. Looked at where we got off the train. We're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where it was. Nothing. There was no, you know, that when there's no, like, um, nothing at the train station at all. There was nothing. We're like, oh, yeah, you, yeah you're, you're banned for the rest of the trains. You know, the worst thing is, we got on the next train, right? Got on the next train again. Tickets, please. We've done it again. <laughs> we did it again, Iggy Bob. And in the end, like the, in the end, we eventually had the tickets. So it was like, right, we've got to stop now. It meant to be a four-hour train journey. It took us about seven hours. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. I love that shit. Uh, need to ask you as well. You got beat in the playoff uh, final. Was that the Huddersfield? Gary Roberts, Tommy Muller, man. Huddersfield, yeah, they, yeah, they were a good team at the time. Obviously, we were good as well, but we'd we'd lost. Um, I think we'd lost Chad at the point, which was uh, which was our be all and end all. You know, we, he was yeah. our goal scorer. Um, and then, yeah, that was a hard one to take. I was on, I was on the bench. No, I, I got injured actually. Uh, the semi final got injured. Um, so that was a tough one to take because it went to penalties. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about uh, Steve Simmonson? What did he do? Well, there was first of all there was Andy Andy Taylor. So Andy Taylor, you, you, people probably won't know him. Left back, right? Lovely left foot. As all left footers do somehow, and um, 190 we went obviously through extra time. It was uh, game done, extra time done. Went to 119th minute. It was big. Um, I think it was was it Danny Wilson? No, no, I don't know. Who, I think it was Danny Wilson. I'm not too sure who the manager was at the time. That was Danny Wilson. Mate. I remember watching the game. Yeah, Danny Wilson, the manager at the time, took off Nick Montgomery, the captain, to put on Andy Taylor because he's got a bang of our left foot. All right, we go like two and a lot. On the, on the penalties, we're like, right, Tails is next, we're cruising here. They, they missed and that, whatever. We've got like, I think we had the penalty to win, maybe, I think. Tails walks up, misses the penalty. He got brought on to take a penalty, missed the penalty. We're like, what? I, we are all like, come on, man. Like, we're just looking at him. You know, like, not normally when they come back to the halfway, like, oh, I'm looking at that. I would just, boys were just giving him a death stare. I was like, what are you doing, mate? So, so that was that. Unfortunately, it went on. It went, I don't know if you remember the remember the game. The penalties went on and on until yeah. it went to the, the goalkeepers it went down to and Steve Simmonson or a goal ended up missing. All right. He's out of contract he was in after this. So missed the penalty, skied over the bar. We were all devastated, you know, what a chance to get to the championship. We walked in, Simo Simo, honestly, I'm not joking, was gone within about five minutes. Gone. We were all sat there like just sat like sad as anything. Went through the showers, got himself, got himself in the shower and that. Didn't speak, he didn't speak to anyone anyway. He just didn't really bother. Got showered and that stuff. All right, see you later on, boys. We're like, no way. What? Wow. Like, it's just happened. Like, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Morgs and, 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 and Nick Montgomery were like, you know, he's a, you can imagine what they are saying, you know what I mean? They're cursing him. Just got off, man. Five minutes, literally five minutes. And it wasn't even like, sorry, lads, like, all the best for your careers. See you, boys. Walked. What, and you've never seen him again? I've never seen him, I've never heard from him again in my life. Mate, I've been beating a playoff final at Wembley, it's terrible, isn't it? Disgusting, man. It's, it's, so, it's the worst feeling in the world, you know what I mean? It's, you know the worst thing is, I think the worst thing about it is the other team celebrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Horrible. Uh, right, last one on Sheffield United, mate. Uh, was it Leeds Festival? Leeds Festival was a good one, yeah. <laughs> when the Leeds Festival, obviously, I... Somehow I did. I love how you're sitting that water, like trying to go against everything you've said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take a beer, my missus said I can't take a beer. I was like, "You're all right." <laughs> and um, Leeds Festival, we went Leeds Festival. Great, great time. Like you know, the first time I've ever been to a festival in my life. Who sorted it? The, the club sorted it. The boys just sorted it. Yeah, the club sorted it with like, I think it was Virgin was the sponsor uh, of the of the of the festival and stuff. So it was me, Dave McCarthy, Stevie Quinn. 
uh, Flinney and the play liaison went. The play liaison sorted us all out. I went there, got absolutely, absolutely battered as you do. Got got ourselves home and whatever, so and so on. Next next morning, went to um, went to go training. Is that right? We we played the day before. I think it was a oh, date runs from Saturday to the Tuesday or something. We played on the Saturday. This was the Sunday we went. And then again, so we got we walked in and like honestly, the gaffer just looked at us. It was like. Wow, we've, like we were in deep trouble. Quinny was gone. Like Quinny, I remember looking at Quinny. You know what these Irish guys are like? He like you could see it. He's the ginger hair, the red eyes were proper red. Like he's then like he'd been out all day and all night, and which he had been. So he said, "Right, boys, the boys who started on recovery." So me, Maka, and and uh, Quinny are like, "Oh, boss!" And Flynn didn't play that game. So Flynn went out to train, right? And um, Flynn went out. The first thing he done was like he, he ran out of the pitch, got the ball. Right? And Flynn is technically a lovely player. Yeah. Ball got wrapped into him, tried to control the ball, went under his foot. We were like, oh no, plenty, plenty. You just got to get through the session, mate. Somehow, he's looking over us. He, he miscontrolled straight look at us. We were like, oh no, 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 no. Honestly, I've, I've never seen anything like that because everyone knew it by this point. His next one, he went to pass, he was wide right, he was. Went across the ball, missed the ball. I was like, oh wow, 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 wow. What's going on here, Flinny? And he was the night, you know, he was the nicest, the nicest guy he was. And um, in the end, you know, we were just like sat at the side. By this point, Danny Wilson obviously clocked on, like this guy's gone here. Just said to him, Flynn mate, just get through it. You should have seen Flynn in the end. All he done was just running. He was just he was trying to avoid the ball at all times. Every time the ball came to him, just trying to best to get away with it. He was the worst performance I've ever seen from him in my, in my entire life. Tremendous, mate. That's what I saw, brother. Um, <clears throat> I remember playing against you, Kev. You were flying at Sheffield United. Um, such a massive club, mate. Were you not tempted to stay? Yeah, I was. Um, to be fair, we give them like plenty of chances. Like they gave me a, a chance back in football as such. You know what I mean? I owed so much to them and Danny Wilson especially. And when it came to the end of it, it was an awkward one because who just went in was David Weir, and he'd set me up to play for somehow he was playing me in, in, in number ten role, and I, I'd never been like big that. Dave, big Dave, back in number ten. Big Dave, big Dave, no, big Dave Weir was he put me in number ten. I was like, no, I'm saying you remember Danny Wilson saying David go and play number ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so big Dave was in number 10 I was like oh like you know you're number 10 role this is amazing this is so he put me in the number 10 and uh, yeah, big Dave in the number 10 and um, first game of the season first game of the season I scored an assist and I thought I've got a new lease of life here this is amazing because David Weir was he was basing everything around me like it was it was an amazing time for me to be honest with you and then it came in that Wolves were interested in me I'd seen it before my agent said they're interested they're going to make a bid for you I was like okay like, no problem like what we're saying it was a huge club. You can't turn it down, Kev. So I actually went. I delayed Wolves for about a week. I did, to a week probably more, and gave Sheffield United chance after chance to offer a new contract because Wolves were offering a good contract, and they knew they got me from from Burnley and could, and, and they obviously offered me less wages. So they didn't want to offer a big contract to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they they were they were like kind of like refusing to, to refusing to do that. And then the end, I spoke to the manager David Weir, and it was quite, he was quite upset. To be fair, like I felt sorry for him. I was like, listen, I've got to go. Like. And he planned the whole pre-season around me. The whole team was all around me. And then I left. Uh, he's like, listen, you've got to do what you've got to do. Like, I've tried my best for you. They're just not going to give you the money. So that was that. And it was, it was a bad ending to Sheffield United. A lot of people at Sheffield United don't like me. Oh, really, right? Uh, a lot of fans and that are like, uh, I've played before. Like, obviously, when, back, when I went back with Wolves and I've stayed up in Sheffield because I had friends there. Stayed in the hotel after it. The hotel's right beside the stadium, right across the road. So I went in after the game and that. And I need to be like escorted out in that before. Um, Sheffield United fans just like absolutely crucifying me and stuff, throwing things. I'm like, come on, man, relax. 
God's sake. Um, so I think we're down well, to be honest with you. You just on that, Kev, see with Davey Weir, did you expect him to go and be a top manager for what you've seen in the time you had with him? No, I think it was more, uh, with, with Davey Weir, I thought he, he, he seemed more of a coach. He'd be a good first-team coach, I think. Uh, yeah. I, think I don't know, I think that's what he's doing now, I'm not sure, but he was a good first-team coach, he was. Right, mate, so Wolves, what a club as well, eh? You buzzing to sign for it again, another massive club. Wasn't, yeah. This was when, like, uh, after that, I was, like, confident then. That's where I probably seen my career kind of take a good turn for me there. It was, like, back end of Sheffield United and obviously moving to Wolves, Kenny Jacket, who, who put, obviously, huge faith in, in building a team kind of around me as such and dropped me complete. So, obviously, I went from playing number Big Dave in number 10 to go into Wolves and he was, like, I see as a number four, like, just kind of dictating yeah. the play from deep. And I was like, OK, well, I'm all right with that. But, you know, I need to, obviously, kind of change my game a bit. So... So he kind of built a built it kind of around me as such. It was a, it was a great move at the time. It was I was buzzing with it to be honest with you. What's Kenny Jacket like? Now I'm going to be honest, right? Great record he's got, and he does well at every club. But see, when you see him from afar, he doesn't look like he's got much personality or enthusiasm. How does he do so well? He's, he's a man, he's a football man. That's it. He's, he's does it. He's got he's, no signs of no signs of banter. He couldn't be more opposite from Owen Coyle. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it was all tactics. Everyone was about getting the benefit of your team every week, week in, week out, and, and that's the way he was. You could have a little bit of banter with him, but not not much. He didn't give much away at all, to be honest with you. But he, what he was, was a good, solid manager, and he knew how to get results. That was that was all about him. That was that's the best I've seen you play, mate. When you were at Wolves, what what, what was that dinner? Probably that perma I don't know. <laughs> that's shocking. Perfect, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I look at the pictures now down there it's horrific man honestly I don't know what I was thinking nah was it a good player though Kev? sorry? was it a good player? good players like people that again like you don't know loads in, in Scotland and stuff you know what I mean like people like uh, Bakary Sacco Nua Deco Benicophobi these people who who we had a front three of are just like fast players technically good and fast players who are only going to come on to better things like, at the time when I was there, we had people who were at a club waiting to get go to a bigger club. That's what Kenny Jacket got. He got good with that because he had, I, I had like myself the potential to do that. Carla Kimi, Richard Stearman, you know, there was, there was a good few players to go on and, and and obviously progress their careers. So he inherited a great squad. He did and brought in obviously a couple of his, of his own players. So we had like, them front three were them front three were devastating to be honest with you. You ask any centre half that you put against them. Do you know what I mean? They were they were they were a big problem for other teams. Uh, first half of the season, Lee Griffiths was there. What was it like sharing the dressing room? Maybe some boy, isn't he? Some boy, but I'll tell you what, I've never seen someone go from uh, from a training ground so quick before in my life. He hated the place. Hated it. All he wanted to do was get back to Scotland. Whatever I came in and I was like, I, there was no one, no other Scottish people at the club. I thought, oh buzzing Griffiths there, buzzing, I'll have a good chat with him and stuff. I spoke to him between hours and that was it. He was just he just wanted to get off at all times. He was like We'd come in from training at say twelve o'clock. My man was out at ten past twelve. No interest. Every single day, when I speak to him, he's like, "I just want to go back to play at Hibs and or Celtic or whatever." He just used to continue to say it, and then and he forced him. Like what, what did he? Sorry, to interrupt you. What did he? What did he not like? Was it living away from home? Living away from home. I think he had four kids or something. No, I don't know. He's, he's got a few kids and all. Someone like that. Um, yeah. And 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 he just he hated. It. I, I I spoke to him about it. He goes, "I just hate it." He goes, "I just all I want to do is go home." Every time he had it. But he'd go home on a Tuesday and come back on a Wednesday night and stuff. Yeah. Like he just he just did he just didn't enjoy being down there to be honest with you. And I don't think he didn't take time to get on with anyone either. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you know yourself, you've got to adapt, you've got to speak to people and you've got to kind of mix a bit. And he didn't want to do that. Yeah. And in the in the end he got what he wanted to do. He forced the move and got it. 
Leon Clark was there as well, mate. I played him. Uh, mate, he, used, he was the only guy I've ever seen that used to argue back with the canoe. Eh? Was, uh, was he similar there? Yeah, I, I, I heard that before I actually spoke to him about it because I'm, I'm friends with Clarkie. Like, yeah. Still, he's, um, I, I, I liked him. He's a good guy, Clarkie is. But he, he was another one again. He, he just he loved a moan up Clarkie. He always liked to moan about something. But he got signed for, like, at the time, decent money and came in and bagged a good few goals for us. And um, to be fair, I mean, he just loved it. He was in a jolly-up he was. He just loved it. He, he knew he was going to score goals. He was in League One. He was, he was too good for League One at the time. And he just, every time he got a chance, he'd score. And uh, it didn't really go his way, at Wolves, to be honest with you. The fans were on him and stuff for some reason. I don't know why, but um, he, he, was, he was he was a good guy. And he was in a few arguments, but he was a funny guy, man. Well, man. All right, mate. Dublin pre-season trip. How was it? Yeah, Dublin was Dublin was a good one again. Like as well, you got, as soon as you see Dublin, you automatically smell because you're automatically thinking going down to Temple Bar and get battered. So <laughs> as soon as we see, as soon as we see Dublin, it was like right, okay. Manager said right, you've got you've got half a day off, or you got you got the day off or whatever it was. So a few of the boys went and played golf and that, and it was like a group of us: me, Danny Bach, Carlo Kimi, Aaron McKay, these type of guys. Is that right, boys? You know, that automatic look was like, yeah, like you know, let's let's go to Temple Bar, as you do. So we got this little this little coach down to um down to Dublin City Centre. The manager was there, the assistant manager, the coach, they went away. I think they done went and done the same, but um went down to Temple Bar and um we where did we go? It was I think it was Big Carla Kimi, who was a big tank at the time, the big goalie. And he was just like, let's just fucking get steaming, shall we? Like, but they said they said you only have a couple of drinks maximum, you're like, we got we're, the bus is picking us up at six o'clock. Do you know what I mean? So we're like, all right, what can we fit in? Honestly, there was no one in the pub at the time. We got down there at 12 o'clock. Carlo goes over and orders like six Jaegers and six pints for the six guys that were there. I was like, oh my God. By this time, we're all... We, at Wills, we're a good, good bunch of bunch of lads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going there. Absolutely steaming, man. Like, there's a guy, you know, at Dublin's like, there's a guy singing. We've got one of the Scotty Goldburns up, up singing at, at one o'clock during the day. It's like, come on, man. This can't be happening here. It cannot be. Just can't happen. Do you know what I mean? You've got you've got five hours off. You're trusted to go and, and just kind of enjoy yourselves, but not too much. Comes to later on, and later on in the day, but by this point, you know, with the, no one stopping. Stearman's Stearman's having a great time. You know, we're we're all having a great time, and so on and so on. And then um, comes about six o'clock. Bus comes right to pick us up. By this point, Danny Bat absolutely gone. He is like, and he doesn't get like that. He's like, he's the captain of the club. He kind of goes, but then stays. He's yeah. gone. So we got in the coach. Staff and I are already on the bus waiting. They're like, "All right, boys, ah, it's happening." Like you know, a bit, a bit chirpy. Big Danny Bath at the back of the bus, sick everywhere. <laughs> We're like, "What, Danny? What are you doing, mate?" He's trying, trying to hide him. He's trying to hide him. He's trying to hide him, but he's, he, the guy's ninety-four kilograms. <laughs> The six foot five, honestly, we're trying, we're trying like, to carry him onto the seat. He's put like lying on the ground. That he's lying in his own sick and stuff. It's stinking up the place. The gaffer's turned a blind eye. He's not saying anything at all. All right, we get back to the hotel. Walk in there. We managed to get about dragged him in the hotel. We need to go for dinner. You didn't need to go for dinner. All right, and then um, went back there. Went for dinner. And we said, right, like, that's what we're doing then. So a couple of older boys were like, a couple of the senior boys, like Kim's now like, we're not going to go out. So uh, there's another group of young boys, me, like Pricey and that. Uh, Ethan and stuff so we're like should we go back out I guess let's go man so we all like done like like a Mission Impossible stuff we thought we were, we're clearly getting seen we were steaming we were like clearly got seen ran out the front of the, uh, the side of the hotel exit door like jumping over walls that, like looking over to see where we all were and stuff got in there managed to get us got in touch with a taxi got ourselves in got ourselves in a Dublin somehow we're all into the place going to the Dublin Temple Bar the same place again there's 16 little boys already there we're like what? 
what's happening here, boys? And we, we, we're like, we're, we're like part of the group. We're like, we're good guys and that. We're like, what's happened here? So uh, we, these boys, we didn't know, we weren't sure these boys were going to come. Mate, honestly, we got absolutely hammered, all right? The karaoke was on all sorts. It was one of the, it was one of the best nights we had. Went to thinking the next day. Went to uh, that was that. Got back about four four in the morning and stuff. You weren't allowed to go out. Then the next day, woke up, all our alarms off in the room. Five o'clock, right, boys. I know we're running the beach. Uh, it was devastating. It was, you know what? Stairs, stairs. The stairs would like. I think well, I can't remember what stairs was doing. I can't remember what it was. He didn't turn up. Gap was absolutely fuming. He was, and we like had the greatest, greatest time. Sneaked out in that best time ever. And then we need to go and do an hour, hour run on the beach. It was devastating. It was honestly. Mate, that's what pre-season's for, don't it? That's what, that's, Excuse me, that's, what, that's exactly what it was about. And we had plenty of time about golf days and stuff like that. And you know what it's like, you're sneaking in like a, a lot of whiskeys and that in your golf bag and that. It was class, it was. It was great times it was. Mate, they teams always do well, eh? You went on and robbed that League One. Mate, how good does that know when you're playing for a club like Wolves in League One? You're winning every week. Like, life doesn't get any better, mate. Every week, like, by that point, Wolves Wolves are been invested with good money and stuff so we're all financial I'd, I'd built myself back up to a, a good a good salary and stuff again so it was it was class it was like and, and we were we were you were winning games at three quarter pace half pace we we're going away to teams gelling them and, and absolutely like banging into them like four or five nils and stuff and you, and you knew if teams scored against you you knew you were going to score you knew there was goals and to win obviously I think we had a hundred and uh, something points and do you know what I mean it was, a, it was it was it was easy that's the thing was it turned into easy that's when I like we were like, oh, we need to make this step up. We need to win this league here. You know what I mean? How, uh, how good do fans at Wolves kid? Yeah, they're really good, yeah. Re- really good. But when things are going for you, of course, like, they're really good. But it can get on your backs. Like, because we were such a huge team in League One, I remember we played, I don't think it was. We played someone at home, right? We were winning 1-0. And, like, we were, we were top of the league. We were winning 1-0 and we got booed off the pitch at half time because we hadn't played a great game. We were like, come on, man. Like, are you all right? Um, and in the end, like if you, there was a lot of pressure at Wolves. Like they, they expected you, they expect to be a Premier League club where they are now. They expected to, to bang out games every single week. And um, it was amazing when when things were going good. It was amazing when things were going bad. It wasn't it wasn't an easy place to play. How do you, how do you find that, Kev? When it's tough for fans, does it bother you? Do you get nervous or? or no, I'm, I'm I'm quite laid back in that sense, but I can see that it affects other people, and that's what the problem is. When it affects a two, three, your team, your 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 two men down. Do you know what I mean? Then it, then it becomes a problem, and they don't realise that. All they what they all they see is wins. They don't see they don't see they don't see if um, if Nua Dico is getting affected by what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, they just see oh we want three points. Simple as that. Regardless of their feelings. So um, yeah, it's tough going, man. Why do you think the team struggle to get a uh, promotion at the championship? Probably the intensity of games, squad, squad depth is probably one of them. You know what I mean? You got a lot. You, you have to have a good squad. You have to have a good set of players that can come off the bench. Um, yeah. I think probably a lot of teams struggle with that. Like if you get a couple of injuries, you see teams going from high to just slowly come down the league. So I think it's probably part to do that. And it's, it's a tough season. Like you know what it's like for yourself. Like you go play some of these teams, and like they, these people like see, like say for example, Millwall away. Actually, Millwall's away is known as a tough one. Like. Uh, they see like a, I don't know a Birmingham away, and they think, oh, you should win these games. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. Like that's what gets underrated in Scotland about is the championship. About like people think in Scotland for somehow like the championship is like a is like a like a terrible league as such. Some good teams and some good players in there, and it's hard to play away from home in this in some of them stadiums. 
Definitely. Uh, so again, why Murphy Wolves? Because again, you're playing every week, doing well. Fulham just too big to turn down again. You know what? What, what happened with Wolves was was a strange, strange one. Like I played every game for for Kenny Jacket. Like yeah. every game, week in, week out, one, two, two and a half seasons. Right? Apart from when you got a little injuries and stuff. In Kenny Jackets, uh, one game it came to it, and I was like, I wasn't in the squad. I was like, what's happened there? Like, I mean, I was sat expecting to probably play, I'd be on the bench or whatever, I don't know. I wasn't in the squad. And I was like, obviously, I didn't say him at the time. I was like, come on, what's going on here? I went to see the manager, and he was like, mate, he was like, yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're good. I think we're going to sell you. And I was like, what? Like, he was like, obviously, I'd, I'd done well for the club in that. He was like, yeah, I think we're going to sell you. Uh, the club wants to get rid of you in the summer. Because obviously I'd signed a new contract at the start of the season. I said, mate, you just gave me extra wages and stuff this season. Because I was meant to go to Fulham the year before. I don't know if you know that. I was meant to go to Fulham the year before. I um I came out in an interview and said like I want to I want to leave before, which obviously went down well. It like, didn't like a shit sandwich. Uh... Do you know what I mean? With, with, with the Wolves fans, that didn't go down well. So there was like a big split on me there. And then um in the end, it came to them ten games. And I was like, I played I don't know 110 games for Wolves. Bang, never to be seen again. That was that, and it was it was a strange situation. It was, um, yeah, strange situation. I, I honestly had no clue. I spoke to my agent. I said, "Yeah, listen, I, I think they're going to try and sell you a film in the summer." See, at that time, Kev, did you want to leave? I know you no. said the season before you did, but when? No, Kev, no, at that, that time, I signed a new contract. I was ready to stay. I think we were looking to buy. I was looking to buy a house and stuff, and then suddenly, like, it was like, all right, I had another two years or three years left in my contract. I was like, all right, okay, well. What's happening here? So I think that's when obviously the the, the the owners were coming in. The Portuguese owners were then they then came in after that season. So I think they knew they were going to plan to get rid of people. So I think that's what that was. And in the end, I spoke to the manager because me and Kenny got on well, and he said, "Yeah, listen, um, I've got to sell you." And then that was that. And then after that, it, it, it kind of went went through a pre-season and stuff, and that was kind of that really. So you're going to sign for Fulham. What do you do the night before? Yeah, well. But, Bearing in mind, I didn't know I was going to sign for film at the time. Right. Okay. So tell us your story, then. Film story. So we had a, we had a, our, our, we'd had a pre-season trip in Wolves, and, and by this time it, it was quite strange. It was because it was like Kenny had started to put me back in the team a bit. Who was getting who was getting released was Connor Cody, who's now played every game for them as captain. Wait, sorry. So he was going to be getting released. He'd been told he was gone. He was finished. Like that. These the, he, Kenny didn't want him at all, and then he was away to go and stuff. And then obviously in the end it was me that went. What happened was these Portuguese owners they knew they were ready to come in. Portuguese owners were ready to come in, and they said, "No, no, we want to keep Conor Cody." So Conor Cody got kept. Well, now he's captain the Premier League every single game. Do you know what I mean? He's swinging a he's swinging balls about in the Premier League, mate. Do you know what I mean? He's sat back in centre of a three, just zipping the ball around. I'm not sat on the bench every week. <laughs> um, so. Um, so so that was that. So I was like, right, okay. So like in the end that was that. So. Uh, what happened was we we had our, it was last night out we had the preseason and stuff and, and and I thought all was going well I played most of the games and that and then um, had a team night out that night as you do like oh, I just got it was a messy messy session to be honest we went back one of the ones where no one wants it to stop and I never knew it was going to be my last night at Wolves but we never wanted to stop regardless we were like me Kim's and Price and that were back at the room partying and whatever else I don't I don't went to bed till about seven in the morning like one hell of a time it was. And then um, woke up at 11 o'clock in the morning and had about five minutes calls from my agent. And I thought, what's happening here? That's not good. And then um, got, 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 got up eventually, went and had breakfast and stuff, phoned him back. I said, what's happening, you know? He was like, Kev, where are you going? I was like, what? He was like, yeah, yeah, mate, get ready. You're going to Fulham. 
I was like, mate, you got to delay this somehow. You have to delay this. He's like, what do you mean? He said, well, I had a team night out last night, mate. I'm gone. I, you should see the stadium. I sent him a selfie, lying in bed, just like that, like, just all over the gaff. He goes, Claire, mate, they're not waiting. I've been, they've been trying to do this for the past week. Wolves have eventually said, yeah. Ben and my dad, I've got nothing to clue about this. So I, I'm like, yeah. what? Like, so that was that. So. But can I just say something? If you didn't know about it, you still would have went on the night out. Hundred percent. I would have went. I probably would have went even more. I would have went hard. Um, so, so that was that. So, I, I'm not going to close. I had my, my clothes on the night out. They've got, we've got kebab stains. They've got all sorts down there. I can't wear them. So I rock up. I get, I get on a flight. I played the Will's uh, full and paid for my flight to come on. Got on the, got on the flight. Got over to London. Met my agent. Met the player liaison. Took me to the training ground. I'm rocking up to the, the full and training ground where Will, I Will's tracksuit on. I remember seeing the cleaners and stuff looking like. Like well, uh, Fulham were away. Fulham were already on preseason. They're like, who's this guy? I'm I'm rocking up there like big perm and that. Like no one's a clue who I am. Will's tracksuit on. Walked in there and that. I was like, right, met everyone. So and so on. Done your tests on all like, physicals. Went to get. I went through to the doctors. One obviously you got all the, doc- all the doctors' tests. Went through. You get your blood pressure. Blood pressure is meant to be like one thirties over seventies. Rocked up. I was one eighty four over a hundred. They were like. The, the doc, I remember the doc's face clearly because I'm good friends with the doc now. It was like, he done it, it was like, looking at the screen, it was like, okay, what's wrong? I was like, what, what do you mean? He goes, look at your blood pressure. Right? And bear in mind, I'm stinking up the gaff. Like, I'm not, you know I mean? I'm not smelling fresh. I've tried to spray whatever, whatever, like, aftershave, but it's not happening. He goes, okay, that's not right, mate. Done it again. It's like, went down, like, by, like, 184 or 175. He was kidding me. We need to. We need to delay this somehow. You need to. You, that's not right. Wow. Blood pressure was sky high, mate. So that was that. So I went to the docs. The docs thing is and that. And in the end, he, he took my bloods and that as well. Obviously, in the long run, in the long run, my bloods and everything were fine. But he said, like when I first came, my blood tests, my blood pressure, everything was off the scales because of alcohol. Oh, man. <laughs> that's tremendous, mate. I can't believe. Like, see, that was me. I, I, Fulham came in for me, mate. I would be off. That's my dream club, like. It looked like the best club ever to play for on that old stadium. Yeah, it's it's cool. in a wee house in the state, it? Yeah, yeah. You know that wee house in the state. Every house is about one point five. Is it? Yeah, it's a, the, the money in that that area is mad. Like the money is madness. It's a great set of fans. You know what I mean? They, they, they what they want is they want good football played. They want to go there and they want to enjoy themselves. And as you said, they're all got a bit of money. They want to just go and enjoy themselves and watch nice football. And and that's what the club has always done since I've been there. Like they play some lovely football, but. It's it's a different football. It's a different like setup compared to to any like your wolves and stuff. Yeah. I took a corner one day, right? <laughs> I took a corner one day. I was I was I was I don't know how I was ever on the corner. I think I tried to shoot a quick corner or something. I don't know. I got carried away, all right. And I looked to my left hand side, and I told the boys straight after in the dressing room after we, we I think we won two one whatever it was. And I looked to the left hand side, and this guy had a book and a glass of prosecco, all right. And I was thinking, so I looked at him for about ten seconds, all right, and I thought like, is he all right here? And like, you know, they're all like quite posh. I thought, is this guy actually serious? All right? He had his legs crossed and everything, having the time of his life. All right? <laughs> Reading his book, he put the, the book like that flat to watch me take a corner. I skied the corner, all right? <laughs> Lifted his book back up, and that was him. Just watched, reading the book again, and just looked up every now and then. I, as, I, as I ran back, I just kept on looking, and he was back on the book again. It was mad. Oh, my type of guy, mate. That's unbelievable. Uh, right, okay, when you signed it, was uh, Dukanovic. Now, mate, see, again, looking for the outside, he looks like a screwball, man. He looks like he's got a, an AK-47 in his jacket. Uh, is he a hard man to please? Oh, you'd be surprised, you know. 
Not a hard man to please, but a hard man, yeah. Like, yeah. hard man. Like, he wanted the better end of the uh, Also, he wanted the, like, the, he, he knew he could, he could benefit himself from the team he had. He brought in players to play football and he, he made me realise what football really was. Like, the way he wanted to play was, was top draw. Like, probably the best I've ever seen. Like, the way he wanted it was just like free flowing attacking football. And it was, it was amazing. But, he did have a, he had good banter in that, he does. He goes under the radar, but he doesn't show that out in the press. Nah. He gives nothing away, and he always has been like that. But when you're on the training ground, that, he, he has a laugh and stuff. Loved a beer. Loved a beer. He, he'd love, love a beer and sit, sit and smoke cigars in his room. You go and see him, he'd, he'd just be up in smoke. He'd be sat there smoking, drinking beer and that. He, he, he lived He lived a life he did. lived on his own here, family, and that was back in Madrid. And he, he had a great time with him and his staff. He brought up his staff from Spain and Italy, and they had one hell of a time. Could he crack though, Kev? Because he does look scary, man. Um, in a way, but not, 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 not what you'd think. Like, really, not what you think. He, he, he's intimidating, like a good, like solid guy. You think, oh, yeah. You, what you don't, he, he, he made you, he made you intimidated to a certain point. But he would never. I don't remember him ever like crucifying someone like a Kenny Jacket or that. I never remembered that once. He was, um, he was always constructive. He wanted to bet. He wanted to get the best out of you. Of course, at times you need to kind of go hard, but not often. What well, uh, was he good tactically in that kid? Tactically, very good. Like tactically, that's, that's what I'm saying. He, he he made me think realize so much more to football than what I I, I had experienced in my whole career beforehand. Within yeah. first year, first year of of being with him, I'd learned so much more. Just because I'd never played a, a, a team who I'd played a team who played football. I'd never played a team who played real football in terms of like. Full backs high, centre halves wide, like before dropping down and playing and like just movement all over the pitch and all different sequences to get to the final third. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of the play we had, looking back on him two seasons while he was here was was just absolutely brilliant. Like we were having, you know, 15, 15 shots per game. Do you know what I mean? It was just fluent football and and that was all to do with him, to be honest with you. Like he set us up and then again he played me in a position where to to benefit the team and obviously himself and it was it was brilliant it was. Uh you reached the playoff semi-final. Your first year, uh, did you know the squad was good enough to make the next step the year after? Yeah. The, who the, the top players, Kev? Who, who, was, uh, who, was, who, who impressed you? Um, obviously, Tom Kearney was one of the top ones. Um, technically lovely, you know, left foot. Wow. Um, so, you know, what we, when you look back at the team, we had a great team. Obviously, Ryan Fredericks, West Ham now, Sonia Luco. Sonia Luco was different class. Like, we, we had a lot, Stephen Johansson. There was a lot of players in, in different positions. Like, all the positions were covered. You know, if, if someone dropped out, we had like Ollie Norwood and stuff on the bench and that. Do you know what I mean? There was yeah. there was players to come in all different places. And when we lost a couple of players, we had more to come in. And I think that's what it was, as I said before, the strength and depth is, is key. And, and, and we had that all over. What's your, what's your handsome like as a guy? Yeah, he's all right. He is. He, uh, um, another one, if you don't know him, you could think he's a right old bell. But <laughs> um, when you when you get to know him, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a funny guy, man. He's just got a different like sense of humour, you know? Uh-huh. What about Parker? Because obviously he's a manager now, but he's a player as well. Was he still was he still top class when he was at Fulham? Joke, honestly, he's a joke. He, he, he's he's probably the best player on the team. No way. I swear, like he, he's got these like he can hardly move. His left ankle doesn't move. Like when you see him when he runs, it just does not move an inch. Yeah. Like when he does, like he he just cannot. He, he just can't seem to move at all. But. See, like when you get, he comes in and joins in the little games and that, and he's he's all about the like little bounce passes and that, and he's he's got he's chopping people. He's he knows himself as well, you know. He you can yeah. see him. He goes on. He had a fantastic career, and he's still like that now. Honestly, he rips it up sometimes. 
Uh, Matt Target as well, playing with Aston Villa. What was what was he like on? Was it the final day of the season at Birmingham? Last day of the season, big tigs again. What a guy! See him, the happiest guy. In yeah, the world. I like him. I think he's a good player. Left foot again. Le- these left footers, I swear, yeah. they're placed with just incredible left foots. My target last day, last game of the season, Birmingham. We've been on a twenty. No, that was the season before. No, that was I'm not sure. Yeah, no, this was we on a twenty-three game unbeaten run. Right. Birmingham away. Matty Target can't handle Matt, He can't take the sun. He can't take it well, to be honest with you. He's in deep trouble when that sun's out. Nice. So, we're playing away and, and we go like 1-0 down or whatever. It comes to the 40th minute or whatever it is. And uh, boiling hot. Like, we, if we win, we go up pretty much. Because Cardiff as well. It's like either team that wins goes up automatic. Other team goes into the playoffs. And the ball goes wide for Birmingham. It's whipped in the box, right? And I just look. And I was like, like I seen Tiggs kind of struggling a bit. And I was like, What's he doing there? Ball comes over. He goes to the head of the ball. As he headed the ball, it's like, and like sick flies out his mouth. The head, the ball goes like flicks over. But sick flies out his mouth. We're like, ah, Tiggs, what's happening here? We're one down. I'm, I'm, I'm on the pitch, pissing myself, laughing, thinking, Tiggs, man, what's happening? Cross off the side of the pitch. He's like, he's like that. Cross off the side of the pitch. <laughs> we were like, no, man, Tiggs, what? Got dragged at half-time. It was so funny, man. Like, it was so funny. Went in the dressing room after at half-time. We'd just been sick all through half-time. We had sunstroke. Made to come off. It's amazing, it was. <laughs> what a guy. That's amazing. Uh, right, mate, we're going to the playoff final. As I said, you never played in the one for Burnley. Like, talking through the full day, obviously, you know you're going to play. Did you know you did you feel like you were better than Aston Villa? Yeah. You know what? We went, we went in with a, with a, a confidence and an arrogance of, of knowing. Because we played that. We, we'd won 23 or unbeaten 23 and we'd, we'd, we'd beat Derby in the end we got to beat the first game but we were, in, we were in such control and we were so so confident going into the game I remember like speaking to lads like and, and all of us were like we're winning this game we're not coming out here without a without a win it was just it was just it was meant to be as such do you know what I mean um, and that's the way it was we were relaxed we played cards the night before I lost about 600 quid and my head was flying <laughs> Um, and then you went rocked up the next day, and that, and you do get a little bit nervous as you do, as 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 you do when obviously you walk out in front of ninety thousand fans. But we were we were in a quite a relaxed mood. Slav made a good little like kind of speech at the start, saying, "Listen, if you go and play the way you play, you, you win this game. Simple as that. Like that's it done. They're not good enough for us over the pitch. Over the, they had some incredible players playing, but they didn't they didn't have what we had all over the pitch. Who was uh, who was good for Villa? John Terry was obviously still playing. What was he like to play against? You know what? I've got an odd one with John Terry. You know what? Because he had such a great career and stuff, and like the disrespect he had for TC at the start of the game was madness. I couldn't believe it. Like TC, uh, Tom Kearney, right? Like at the start of the game, obviously when the two captains come together, and like you know, play a final. Like, listen, it, nothing's personal. Like, come on, man. So they had the both of the pet. They, they were sorry. They have the dependent things. Yeah. So TC goes up, and TC's soft. So he's he's soft, man. Um, <laughs> he loves ECL, doesn't he? Loves him, he's so honest, soft as shit he is. So, um, goes up, toss the coin, that bang over, and he goes to give him the pennant, and JT just doesn't take it. And I seen it, and I was like, looking at thinking to myself, like, come on, mate. And TC, like, like a little boy, is like, just like that. Yes, sir. Like, just sat, just sat there. Like, stood there, sorry. And I'm like, come on, man, Wait, what's going what's gonna to happen here? And like, it, nothing happened. TC literally had it like that, and then like, just turned around, just like looking for like a reassurance, and no one could give nothing. Like I was, by, by this time, I'm kind of laughing, but at the same time, thinking, "Come on, JT, you're so much better than that." TC needed to walk off the pitch with his own pen and give it, give it to our kit man. <laughs> <laughs> crucified him. 
I see, to be fair to Terry's probably knows that you're better and he's just trying to get in. He knows that Kevin is a big threat. He's trying to get in his head, isn't he? And, and he did get in his head a bit. He did get in his head. But in the end, TC got the last laugh. He scored a winner and that was that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I just thought like that. It's a bit, you know what I mean? He, John Terry playing for Aston Villa. He's played. He's won Champions League or whatever. He's, he's done whatever he's done in his career. He doesn't need to do that. Yeah. But apart from I, that, I, 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 I need. I, I need to disagree. I, I think that's decent. No, I, I, now looking back, I'm buzzing with it. But at the time, <laughs> I was like, "Come on, mate! Like, just no, show a bit of respect." But apart from that, Grealish was. He was top. I was chasing him around the pitch all day. Honestly, it was such a ball like it was. Were you directly up against Grealish, kid? Pretty much, yeah. Because he kind of floated in around the ten and off the off the left and like. To be fair, I think it was about three of us on him at one point and we couldn't get close to him, to be fair to the kid. But um, at the end of the day, they needed more than him on the day. Do you know what I mean? They relied on him. Snods was there as well, I think. Snods, Snods was obviously up at it as well. But, like, do you know what I mean? They, they needed much more than that, obviously, because we were we were strong as a team then. Yeah, what a team you were. Uh, and then, obviously, as I say, you weren't uh, involved in the final before. How good is it when you've played the full game and the final whistle goes? That was amazing. Did you that again? Is the family done? Family and that were down. Uh, friends went in. No, my family was there. Um, obviously, by this by this point, I was no, I wasn't. I was away engaged. I was away to propose that year. I think. Can't remember. I was. I was away to propose that year. I was. Um, so um, all my family that were there, Mrs. Family that were there as well. And you know what? It just it was so much more emotional that one was than when when I went at Burnley because I was just on an absolute jolly up. <laughs> like it was more just like like buzzing, just like a natural buzz. But this one was like I took it all in and that, and like I took it more because I played ninety minutes. Um, we got a boy sent off and stuff, and the feeling was just incredible. Like it really was. It was it was top draw to see them and see the videos and afterwards of all my family and stuff in the crowd. And the, obviously the whole forty five thousand fans we've got was was someone you'll never forget. You know, we took we, we took full advantage of that, and, and we. You know, I mean, we were out on the pitch for a while and in the dressing room celebrating for a long time and it was, yeah, it was, it was one hell of a summer, I'll tell you that. Can you uh, see when that happens, Kev? Do you ever think back to getting rejected for Doncaster at a trial? Honestly, the amount of times I look do, at... Do you think that, though? Like, seeing the dressing room that after the game, do you think about the bad times or is it just, you're just in such a high? Originally, like, originally, not really because you're on such a high, like, there's nothing, there's nothing bringing you down apart from when I got called in to do the drug test and straight away my head was gone. Uh, you know what it's like, you can't go in and celebrate. Yeah. So I went out, as soon as I left the pitch to go inside, they're like, you've got to come straight into the drug test. So I just like went, ran straight back out. So it was like, that was the kind of one annoying bit. But like looking back, like you do look back at times, like at, like your Doncasters and stuff like that. And like, and you, you look back in, in a kind of like a proud way in terms of like, because I was at rock bottom, not rock bottom, of course I'm not at rock bottom. There's people in so much worse aspects of life than me. And I'm so fortunate in so many ways, but like, to be in, in deep trouble through my own through my own faults in terms of like kind of taking the piss, going out drinking, like gambling, and just just enjoying a bachelor's lifestyle. That was it. That was all I was doing for for years. And to get back up at a good level, to go up to to be have the chance to play in the Premier League was just um, absolutely fantastic. It was. And then obviously we had a, we knew obviously as soon as we as soon as we got promoted, the first initial one was obviously you know your double wages, your bonuses, and so on and so on. But you knew that you had. A trip to LA and Vegas first, do you know what I mean? That was the main, that was the main thing for me. Was that? Yeah, amazing. See, uh, they did a day double decker bus tours in Fulham, there. Bentley rides in that. Yeah, it lasted about three minutes as well. <laughs> no, there was nothing. There was nothing like that. We 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 got promote, We we won the playoff final, twenty sixth, I think it was, and we were in, in LA on the twenty eighth. We were going straight away. 
so what did you do that night? Do you go to London that night though? Went out in London that night with the, the, they booked a hotel first of all for us and then obviously that was civilised while the families and that and then we needed to kind of turn the heat up and then that's when we went to London go full tilt. One of the guys knows a club owner and he like, he, you know, there was about 300 bottles of champagne just getting popped all over the gaff. Did the gaffer go to it? No, the gaffer didn't, but he, him and his boys had him and his boys had a good night. They were in a different club. Um, him and all like the Spanish and the Italians, like, they went to somewhere else. But, but I think they were with their wives and that. So big Slav was taking it easy. He was. He's a hero, right, mate? I need to ask you again. Obviously, living in London, some good times that you've had. I think London next was part of it. Winter Wonderland. Yeah, Winter Wonderland on the Sunday. It was one of the best ones we've had. Like we've had a great. Standard of Christmas parties. I'd like Amsterdam, Stockholm, London was the first year where no one was really on it until I'd kind of eased myself in and kind of pushed the borders out. So I went to London Christmas party and um, as you do, you go fancy dress. So Marcus Bettinelli, big keeper, loves that fancy dress. Absolutely loves it. Like, I'm talking like takes fancy dresses to a whole new level. All right. So on this year, he went dressed as Michael Phelps. But the full on, like the, the full... Um, the full outfit, the medals, the swim, the, the, the little trunks, the USA tracks with the pop so you could rip them off and stuff. Oh, yeah. Had everything, took it all off. So by this point, you know what? You know what? It gets messy on the Sunday winter one. Yeah. There's, about, there's about 45 teams there. There's all obviously all the tourists. I mean, it's chaos. It is, and we are throwing throwing down pints like you've never seen before. You got you know you get the big long tables obviously in in, in the middle of it because the VIP bit separate. Like you know, it's quite boring. It is there. There's not really much going on. So you want to go right in amongst the mix. So. Well, I had to bets. Get yourself swimming then. So, bets is like, what do you mean? Well, like, get down the table. Get like get. So, takes off, yanks off his stuff. Got everyone like, uh, I think it was Matty Smith or someone starts going like, let him swim, let him swim, right? So, security guys, no, 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 no. And then it starts going USA, USA. The whole place. I'm I'm talking within in the vicinity of us. The whole place is going USA. He's up. He's 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 up there. He's got beer like that. Pouring it all over his, pouring it all over himself, ready to go. Got his medals and stuff on, ready to go. And then, like the security guards on, stands in front of the table. There was a, boo. <laughs> obviously everyone starts going, let him swim. But look over to the left of the VIP. There's Big Waza, Wayne Rooney, just stood there, just like the biggest cheeser on his face. It was like that, like just so excited he was. Right? <laughs> and then um, Ryan Tunnicliffe knew him. He was beside him, so Waza was like, he was like looking over, like he, he was desperate to get involved. But he's he's got a, like, a, to show a face for Man United. Yeah. So, um, it keeps on going on. USA starts again. By this time, like everyone's kind of like, you can see people on the tables now jumping up to see and see what's going on. Betts is ready. By this point, he's wasted about five pints, just lubing himself up, ready to go. And then the end, we said to Scott, "Look, Waza wants to see. Like, come on." And and uh, look over. Everyone's doing USA. There's big. There's big Rudy. USA. Yeah. And he's like, that's everyone. And everyone's kind of looking over at him, looking over at Betts. We're like, like security guard's got no option but to let him go. Goes down the table, runs from about 10 yards away, flies down the middle of the table, right off the other end. People are pouring drinks from everywhere. Do you know like when you got like the darts and whatever, like there's drinks yeah. or crystals and that? Drinks getting thrown in the air. You see Rooney at the far side with a pint of tenants or whatever it is, and he's got definitely a tenants fosters. Launching it in and that, it was absolutely brilliant, it was, man. What a story, mate. Amazing, man. He was classy, he was. He was saying to Turner's, obviously, the Ryan Turner Club, who was beside you, saying, listen, I'd just go... I'd honestly give all my money to be over there with you boys now, but I can't. He was it's devastated. Thank you, boys. <laughs> is it, so, you, so you've been in London. Is, is there a lot of London days out of here? There's, there's, there's so many. It's, it's amazing. Like, you know, you've been yourself. Like, there's so many places to go. And if you want to go for a drink at Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll find somewhere. That's amazing. I mean, there's always something going on. If it's over Covent Garden way or if it's over 
shortage, there's always some sort of chaos. The amount of times we've had some great times is amazing, dangerous, man. All right, mate. He's gone to the Premier League. Why did you? Uh, the manager got sacked as well, which is quite strange, isn't it? The manager got, yeah. The manager got sacked. He, Slav, Slav was uh, was quite arrogant in, in terms of he didn't want to change the way we played, and when we knew he needed to change the way to go more defensive, but he was there for a good time. He wanted to play football. And he wanted to enjoy watching his team play. And that's what that's what he done. And to be honest, we were so open. Like where the difference of the championship and the Premier League is that if if we give ch- chances away in the championship, they're not taking, they're not punishing you. Tell you what, in the Premier League, goal straight off. Yeah. And that's what happened. We were kind of like a Norwich. We were so open at times. Played lovely football. Don't get me wrong, but give away a chance, and we were just like leaking goals for fun. We, the amount of goals we let in that season was was madness. And in the end, Tony. Uh, like the owner obviously just the owner said like that enough's enough and, and got rid of him. I mean, I was going to say the exact same thing, similar to Norwich. Like, see, as players, do you know, see, if I'm an Norwich player, I'm saying to the manager, like, like we're trying this, being beat every week, can we change it now? Or can... And like, I remember Norwich watching the first game of the season, they played a couple of nice passes and they got spanked 4 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're still up, they've got some good players and stuff. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You give, they give, they give these players chances and, and it's game over and then you see it. They're, Bottom of the league, and that's, that's it. Right, mate, I had to ask you because he goes and Rani Eri came in. What's Rani Eri like? I think his staff as well, you were mentioning to me earlier. You know what? It was my biggest shock in my whole of football. Biggest shock. Why? Why? I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. We're thinking that you can think of the buzz of a club, a football club in the Premier League, just just acquired the, a, a Premier League manager winner, a Premier League winner, right? Yeah. Like, and we thought, right, here we go, man. We've got a chance of staying up here. This is what would be brilliant, this is, right? First session in, we'll go do the warm-up, all right? All of us in, all of us in line. Just as you do, you know, you're, you're on a jolly up of a warm-up. We're like, we're like a, um, a soccer school. Everyone in lines of six, all right? You need to, like, so when you say hamstring kicks, so the person done hamstring kicks in front of you, the next group and the next group and the next group, everyone's in sync, like, this is the first day. I've never concentrated so much on a warm-up. I'm like, obviously, we're having banter with the boys. Like, is this guy all right here? Like, we're like... So, wait, sorry, kid. Everyone's right foot had to go at the same time, then left foot at the same yeah, time. Not even, not even, like, fucking, like, not even right and left foot. Like, I'm talking the same legs. So, heel flicks. You need to you need to follow him and follow him to your left. <laughs> I, honestly, I was a bag of shit. I was, I, I was like, no, nah, is this guy bantering? And we were all like, having a laugh. And there's no, no laughing in that. This is the first day, and we were like, "Oh wow, this is going to be different." Fitness coach was, fitness coach was an absolute whopper. He was like, he he um he was he was so different. He just like he just tried to run the whole place, and it was so different from the way Slav was. Yeah. Like straight away, we we knew this was going to be a from what we thought was going to be amazing. We thought right after a couple of sessions, well, maybe maybe not so. And then, you know what? Like, just it's a hard one. It's a hard one to talk about because like. He changed the team like we were a football and playing team. And he said, in his, one of his first meetings, I do not want the ball. I do not want my players to have the ball. And we were all like, as footballers, and we were a good footballing team at the time. Yeah, we're leaking goals for fun. We, we knew he'd shore that up, but I don't want my players to have the ball. And we were like, I remember Mitro said, so what do you want us to do then? Who said that? Mitrovic. Mitrovic said, so what do you want us to do then? He goes, I need runners. I want to run. I want to run. What keeps you up in this league and what wins you this league is running? And we're all looking like, nah, this guy's gone here. Like, he's gone. Like, 
And I, so anyway, I'm thinking I'm done. I, I'm, I'm finished with him. There's no, there's no, he's getting rid of me ASAP. So that was that. So in the end, we went out to do training and stuff, and we thought we were used to our normal training. Um, it was runs. Like this is like Tuesday, Wednesday, like games on Saturday. Like we're doing like proper running. I was like, what? This isn't what I expected here. No one expected this. And that was that. Done the team and stuff. And he got rid of all players who wanted to play football and got the fittest people in the team and the fastest people in the team. And that was it. It was like, oh, no, 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 this isn't right here. And that's, yeah, the, that's the way it was with him. That's the Italian way, mate. We used to run on a Thursday as well. You were fucked on a Saturday, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. You were with him as well, weren't you? Like the Cano. <laughs> they loved running, mate. I thought I, the team at the Cano took over, mate. Five sides. Total football, mate. Running, man. Constant. He had Metro running channels and stuff. The guy's never run a channel in his life. Do you know what I mean? We had a guy, Abu, Abu, Abu Kamara, who's the fastest player in the Premier League just about, and, 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 and you're not playing him. You, you told him he can go. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Like, and, and, and he was, I, I was gobsmacked. I really was. And I had a plenty of, like, plenty of arguments with him and stuff, and then his staff and that. The staff and that he brought in were just, just miles off at some of them. Well, and, uh, argue with Kevin. He's office like in front of the boys. Well, a, a bit of both. Uh, people, he argued a lot, a lot with a few of the players, to be fair. Like he used to he used to say, like he used to always say, trust me and stuff. And after over time, like your trust goes, like you're not you're not winning. You you don't look like you're winning. Yeah, you might look like you're not going to concede too many goals, but you don't look like you're going to score a goal. So we had a couple of a couple of arguments here and there, which obviously in the end, obviously didn't go down well. But yeah, so. I must say I do love I do love Mitrovic, man. He's, he's the best player I've played with by far. Yeah, but he's t- got everything, hasn't he? Everything. He's like he's a tank, you know. 90, 95 kilograms, but it's not. There's no. There's no weight on him. He's like solid. Not. Not the sharpest tool in the box, to be fair. But um, like in terms of in front of goalies, in, in front of goalies, absolutely brilliant. He's holding the ball up, and that no one can get near him. But on an off day, he's absolutely shambolic. He is. <laughs> what in training like? Oh, the worst player you want on your team. You don't want him to be anywhere. You don't even want him to be on the training pitch. You want him nowhere near it. <laughs> well, I, I that. Pass the ball to the pass the ball a yard to the side of him, mate. He's not moving. Has he won yet? Does he moan? Nah, not really. He's not like that. He's a funny guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Uh, right, mate, as I say, back uh, Premier League, he's got relegated, but you think you can get back there with Fulham? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, the manager that's in there, obviously, now has is, got us set up and set up well. We're in a good position at the end of the day. Like, where we are now, we're, we're obviously going to be in the playoffs and you know what you're, what it's like. Over, over two, three games, anything can happen, especially if you get to Wembley. It's a one-off game, so... We've definitely got the talent and the, and the ability to get to the squad. It's just obviously you've got to hold your nerve. And at the end of the day, we're favourites for that because of obviously the money and stuff we've spent. So we, we, you've got to take advantage. Yeah. Uh, just last few bit on Scotland, mate. Uh, what's your experience has been like working with Scotland? Obviously, Strachan and McLeish enjoyed it. Well, with Strachan in terms of like, he wanted to, he wanted to obviously play set, set, certain players all the time and that was that. Like, I, I thought I'd done well enough at times to get a chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and, and I didn't really, I didn't get a chance until later on and, I used to go up, and I'm not like someone. You know what I mean? I'm not someone who wants to go and sit around like I'm. I'm not. I'm not a, a bench. I'm not an influence. I'm not going to come on the pitch and, and, and win you a game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. So like, I wasn't really getting a chance. Mm-hmm. There's times that we would do eleven v eleven, and I was the twenty the twenty third man and shit. Like I'm like, you all right, mate? What? So you were doing eleven v eleven, and you, and you weren't even involved. There'd be eleven v eleven, and that there'd be like about two of us, three of us sat on the side to, to make the numbers up because obviously you took that big of a squad. You can see you call me up for a reason. You've got to give me a chance for a reason. And the, the final one for me was. We played someone away. Uh, we played someone away. Uh, I don't know who it was. Can't remember who it was at all. And and it was a friendly game. 
and he brought on we had X amount of players in the squad and he and he changed the whole eleven, changed everyone, that was that done. The only people left on the bench was the thought of I think it was about the sixteenth choice keeper and me. He changed goalies over and it was myself. So he changed he changed he changed there's twenty two players played, apart from two, it was the third choice keeper and me. Wow. And I was like that, you know, I got back in the dressing room after and like uh, the guys were looking at me because they knew obviously I was fuming. And like I'm not really wanting to speak up there and then I just sat looking at him and just looked at him and was like, Oh my god man, I'm fucking you're miles off what you are. Like the disrespect was madness. Yeah. Like and even the boys knew it without saying anything. They, like I remember Charlie McGrew and that they thought I'd had a cap before and I hunt had a cap. Do you know what I mean? Throw me on for two minutes or something. That's fine, whatever. The fact is, like, you've changed everyone apart from me. Like, come on, mate. Like, if you think I'm crap, say it. No problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll head off. No problem. And after that, I went and pulled them after it and said, listen, mate, like, I don't I don't want to be involved. I'm going to be, if I'm going to be taken across to fucking Moldova and, and be sat on the bench for 120 minutes and that, then, you know, leave me out. Like, and that was that. Um, How did he it, react to that kid? He didn't, he didn't really take it, take it, like, great as such, but, like, he, he, he understood at the same time he apologised. He apologised and stuff. And I said, I understand the apology now, but like, do you know what I mean? I've travelled, been away here for, for 10 days. The first one was a qualifier. Fair enough, you don't want to put me on. No problem, but you can't change, can't change 20, put 22 people on and leave 23 and 24 and one's a third choice keeper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so, so that was a kind of, that was a, not a confidence blow, but at that point, I'm 28 years old or so and, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing well and stuff and I backed myself and that was a blow, but... I'm not one to sit there and, 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 and not say anything. Yeah. What about now then, Kev? Are you looking to get back into the squad now? Sorry? You looking to get back into the squad now? New manager? I, I've always been open to, to to being involved for sure. Like, but at the end of the day, like if I was playing week in, week out in, in, in a good championship team, a good, good team, and not getting picked, I'm like, what else can I do? I'd rather not even be selected. Do you know what I mean? Like um, I'd rather just I'd rather just get on with my own business because I'm I'm doing well for Fulham, and people can see that we're, we're third in the league, second in the league, and stuff or whatever. And 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 I'm nowhere I'm nowhere near getting involved. So like I've always been open to playing for Scotland. I would never say never say no to it as such. In terms of if someone called me up now, new manager, then yeah, hundred percent. But like there's only so much you can take going on ten squads and not getting on once at all. It's like it drags after a while. Yeah. And uh, what about the future, mate? After football, talk it hanging about coaching. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing coaching badges just now. Yeah, so um, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like the since I've been sat on this bench this season, which isn't ideal. Like, but I'll tell you one thing: you get good coaching out of it. Um, <laughs> so if there's any positives, you know, I mean, silver linings. Um, so so yeah, so that's what I've been I've been doing. I've just taken notes and I've got my coaching badges and that all set up. Obviously, I was I was waiting to be close to doing the A license, and then obviously with the COVID, that's that's put a dent in that. But no, nah, I'll I'll go in and be a coach maybe first team coach or manager after football for sure well it's yeah. what a hero but also <laughs> <laughs> what a man cheers Kev no problem take it easy mate cheers The Samson Barbecue Grill is the official grill of backyard fun for you and your mosquitoes. Whether you're grilling for one or feeding the whole brood of mosquitoes, our durable and portable grills are perfect for patios, backyards, and engorged mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more.
Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.